we're rolling. No more anime talk. No more anime talk. That was all private conversation that can never be repeated again. Isn't that right, Neve? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know anything. I just tune out when anime happens. God, I wish I could do that. Yeah. Anime. It's been muggy. I'm not sure if you guys know what that's like. No. Uh, anyone outside of Ireland would have just no idea what that means. Absolutely no, not. No, um, that's a very specific Irish exclusive English word. Yeah. People think they know. They don't know. No. Um, guys, can I talk to you about something that is of personal interest to me? Anime? A poll went out in the last like month or two about basically the percentage of humans that think they could beat insert animal in a fight. And it was fascinating. I think we've had this conversation and I think I'd know where you would be on this poll. <laughs> Not... We've definitely had this conversation, but not with this data. Okay. The part that surprised me most is that it's like 82% of people think they could beat a mouse in a fight. <laughs> so, Only 82? Right? How would you lose against a mouse? So there's 18% that are going to lose. Yeah. Okay. There's 18% that have so little faith in their physical ability. They're like, oh, I couldn't beat a mouse. Maybe they've. it's not about their lack of faith in their own physical ability and more their like... I know belief that mice are working teamwork. They're fast. It, it has to be. They it's are. one on one though. It's like it has to be one on one. So you're in like a cage fight, but the cage is it, the the bars are small small enough that the mouse can't escape. Okay, the cage you, are, you have sailed to Shang Tsung's island, and you are engaging in the Mortal Kombat tournament, and your first opponent is a small mouse. Yeah, step that's on what it. we're talking. A lot of people have a fear of mice, and that has to be it. They're just like, I would straight up have a heart attack and lose. But 18%? A mouse people? was in our school before, and our teacher jumped onto the chair and onto the desk and was just screaming while a whole pile of like 14 year olds were just like, It's a mouse. <laughs> so good. So she just, she just really did not. She just could not handle she that She couldn't handle it. It was breaking her little brain that the May table um, for Mother Mary uh, had a whole pile of grains on it, which attracted a mouse into the drafty rural classroom. And for some reason, that mouse just just fucking ruined her day. I mean, I mean, fair. Don't just kick the mouse. Okay, this one's fucking nutty to me. 30% 30% of people think they could be a chimpanzee in a fight. Nope. No. No fucking way your arms are coming off, son. There's like a five most percent like possibility you could beat a chimpanzee. Like they're shredded. I don't know. I I I just find this stuff fascinating. 20 there's like there's like six, 26% of people think they could beat an elephant in a fight. What like? What are you gonna do to it? Yeah, what, punch it. It'll just fucking and hit you is, with its trunk. This is no weapons. No, no this nothing. is bare-fisted combat. That's oh my god! People are stupid. Do yeah. they know what size an elephant is? Yeah, I I don't I don't know because like I'm, th- I'm if like if I had to fight an elephant, I'd be like okay, <sighs> crawl down its throat and try and punch its heart. <laughs> like that's the only thing I could think of. Yeah, they're they're tanks. And like I could go up the butt, but frankly. <laughs> That's not a victory that I would be proud of. I would. Yeah, you'd 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 delight in that. Brian. Oh, I would. I'd relish in it. Yeah. Would you fight a penguin? Oh yeah, I'd kick shit out of a penguin. Okay. Literally beat beat the beat a penguin to death. No right. problem. Wouldn't Ost- want to. Okay, ostrich. 
no, no fucking way can, like, those are velo- those are just velociraptors if yeah, you take the are. feathers off of velo- off a uh, their off talons a, are so big if you take the feathers off an ostrich it's just a curled up velociraptor and then they run away and find more feathers <laughs> this is a scam they've been running yeah, this whole time it is they're still here uh would you fight a piranha just one just yeah, one just piranha one. just yeah, one that's bam okay but you're in a giant tank with the piranha i still don't think he could do anything to me yeah, just like grab onto a little bit of flesh. Yeah, the moment he the moment he grabs, I strike. I'd be really scared to fight a piranha. I hate that in Tomb Raider. Yeah, she see, gets eaten by the piranhas. It sucks. I've just been conditioned by all the awful piranha deaths see, in fiction. I saw a National Geographic documentary on piranhas before, and I was, I was, I was. I'm going to say it. I was mildly disappointed. It's like, you know, they're they more nibble than devour. <laughs> You mean it's not like a cartoon cloud where it's like a flurry and then all that's left is a skeleton no, remain? No, it's not like that. It, it's more like they're just like, and that's it. I keep going, but some people will hate it and others will like it too much. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Welcome. To let's fight a boss. The world's strongest video game podcast. I am sitting here with two of the best goddamn wildlife authorities this side of Ireland. To my left, they call him the Chimpmonger. It's Brian. Uh, gently preserving wildlife. To my right, the Lady of Snakes. It's Neve. Hello. It's actually very pleasant despite the name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hello, how are you? With you always, I'm your host, John. Do, do you have a gimmick? I have a gimmick, and that's I've been doing a video game podcast for six years. Oh yeah, it's a six year anniversary. <gasps> it is. It is. Yeah. Oh my god. How fucking crazy is that? Did you know that our first ever episode was E3 2015? The year Nintendo had nothing, and Sony showed off a little game called Near Automata. And also they showed a game called Firewatch, and we were kind of optimistic about it. <laughs> um, and you can actually listen to that episode for free via our Patreon. That's right. That's so it's not really for free, though, is it, Brian? <laughs> well, no. But if you pay money, you can feel like you got it for free. You can listen to it for free, plus additional fees. Yeah. I had a moment there during... We'll, we'll get to E3. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. But I had a moment during uh, Square Enix's press conference where they announced that Remastered Life is Strange. And I was like, oh, it's so strange that they're now remastering games we originally talked about on this podcast. Yeah, time is a flat circle. Those games don't need a remaster, but I'm happy they're getting it. But okay. Yeah. Like, they're just going to have more ray tracing in Chloe's bedroom, is that, is I actually that thought it? I actually thought the remastered footage looked kind of shitty. I actually liked the flatness of the other ones, and I think, like, the more complex lighting just sort of takes away from that look. I kind of find that with a lot of remasters these days. It's mm. like, hmm, something's lost in translation. It shows all the goofs and all the mistakes. Anyway... It's not 50 minutes into this podcast, so it's not time for the video game portion. We're going to talk about just all of the things we experience. I, I read a comic book. It's a very messy episode. It's going to be a very messy yeah. episode. My mind is, is all over the place. Um, I read a comic book called Something is Killing Children. 
sounds like a, a hoot. It, oh, it a is. treat. Uh, yeah, no, this 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 is a cool comic book. It's about um basically small town and something is killing children. And you you see what that is for it's it's a monster. But where things start to get interesting is this this girl comes to town, a stranger, and her design is the coolest thing about this. She just looks fucking awesome all the time. She just wears a white vest and a cool coat, and she fights monsters. And no it's... pants. No pants. <laughs> There's no need for pants anymore. No, no, it's just <laughs> all vagina all the time, every panel. Ah, she looks cool. She's wearing pants. Yeah. I'm looking at a picture of her. So sometimes on this podcast, we will describe an image and we'll go, we'll show it later. You know what? We're not. And <laughs> we're just going to say it outright. If we say we're going to show something later, we've forgotten about it and it doesn't matter. Sorry, John. It's okay. Um, it is one of those comic books where like a lot of people really love it. And I think it's quite good. But it's also like it hasn't hit like that more kind of it's not more than that for me yet but i'm only a couple of episodes in and it's cool and like there's like interesting stuff like the only way she can lure the monsters out is to bring children with her (laughs) because the monsters will be lured out by children and they only like eating children but i think the coolest thing about this comic is it is just one of those it's it's one of those comics where some of the panels are so fucking well done you just kind of have to stop and stare at them. And it'll be something like, you know, a person standing in a doorway and the cat, the shadow is cast just right and, like, the lighting and colors are really, really beautiful. It's, like, it's exceptional at capturing, like, those little moments. And I think, like, that's the thing I really love about it. And everything else about it is fun, but I think sometimes those panels are just, like, they're fucking amazing. Brian. Yes. What do you got, buddy? Uh, I have a TV show called The Girlfriend Experience. Have either of you seen this? Mm-mm. No. It was a Steven Soderbergh movie that came out in the late 2000s, which I haven't seen. But then over the 2010s and now into the 2020s. The 20s? Is it called the 20s again? Is that what we're calling this decade? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the 20s. Yeah. Shit decade. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not going well so far. I mean, we still got like eight years. Yeah, it might get better. This is a TV adaptation of that movie, and it's an anthology series where each season is its own thing, but it's on a network called Stars with a Z at the end. The only way to watch this in our region is the torrentish. I didn't know people were putting Zs at the end of things still. You gotta. Let's let's fight a boss. <laughs> like... I do like how that sounds. Yeah. Very What's modern. the girlfriend experience? Um, it is a high production show about an escort. And each season is a different story. Uh, but it's always about a woman, generally in her mid to late 20s, but one of the women is in her 40s. Season one stars Rowdy Kyo, who is. Elvis Presley's granddaughter. Oh, crazy. And the first season is pretty good. Um, season two it has two protagonists and they alternate every second episode with each storyline, but they don't have anything to do with each other. It's just how they did it. And that was an interesting approach. Season three uh, is currently airing and I'm particularly enjoying this one. And it is about a sex worker who has left America, moved to the UK and has joined a 
British think tank and she is using her scientific research to collaborate with another uh, researcher to build an AI system that is based on lust and raw human emotion. Okay, I was wondering when we were going to come back to the... And what does the AI do? Like, what does it service? We're not sure yet because the show... The way the show is made is it's a very... It's a very well-made show. And the reason I started watching this originally was because it's directed by Amy Semitz, who's a director I really like. She did the first season, and I think she's just kind of a consultant now. But you know how you'll watch, like... like It's kind of like a David Fincher thing or, like, House of Cards, where, like, everything is very obelisk and, like, pale constructs and vast wide shots. A lot of white walls. A lot of white walls, yeah. And people are acting very sterile and reductive because they don't want to give away their real feelings. And everyone has their game face on at all times. So, like, you... You went on a bit of a journey there, Neve. I just think that's a really interesting approach, approach aesthetically for like dealing with escorts and sex workers because yeah. like giving the girlfriend experience, you think it wouldn't be like sterile, you know, it would be like oh, to yeah. create something comfortable. Like, like so far in season three, there's been no full frontal nudity because it's not that kind of show. It used to be that kind of show, but it's like the first season was kind of a bit, you know, oh, we'll lean into like the sensational and make it look trashy and stuff like that, even though it doesn't need to be like that. But by season three, they're just kind of going a very different route with it and just kind of making it very like, author- I don't know, like it, 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 it's just weird. It's got a weird vibe to it. Sounds cool. Yeah. Authoritarian. Yeah. Is that the word? Yeah. And so it, it, it's got some weird camera angles. And so is she... Is she so she's using her experience as an escort to create this sex robot? Sure. <laughs> okay, it's really weird because would you guys date a robot? Yeah, yeah. robots are cool. Like, imagine going out and date with a robot, and you could ask so many questions. What would you ask, Brian? What do you eat for breakfast? <laughs> I do not need to process nutrients. But what do you process instead? Information. I'll tell you. But then you'd be asking the questions, and they'd be like, this isn't sufficient. (laughs) (laughs) You're not meeting her needs. No, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Escortron. I'm so sorry. This is is why I stopped dating biological matter. This is the kind of show where, like, they had lots of escorts, like, consulted Onish on how to, like, get it accurate. And I'm sure in the broad strokes, this show gets a lot of bigger things right. I'm sure in the subtle details, it doesn't. But I think any show on any industry is going to have those mistakes. I'm sure if there was a, a television show about an animation studio, we'd be able to like point out the stuff that's correct and then the stuff that is incorrect. Like, you know how stuff that's kind of adjacent to us, like Silicon Valley and Mythic Quest, yeah. and how we could be like, that's a correct like set design for someone in that job position. But the way they solve that problem is not correct. <laughs> the way you've only one programmer is wrong. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I had that all the time at Mythic Quest, where like the lead programmer's like, okay, well, I'm just going to tighten up that animation now. And I was like... Mm-hmm. That's not how that works, dude. But um, I, 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 I understand why that's the way, because... It's a TV show. They have to shorthand entertainment. Yeah. There's there's only 22 minutes. They got to get it done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like... This show is the kind of show where you're not really sure what it's about for the first couple of episodes because people kind of just talk in vague terms or they don't talk like everyone is so indirect in this show. But that's kind of the point. Um, but the 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 hook this season is it follows a girl called I don't know her name because she changes her name. She's like five different names. 
She goes by Cassie when she's escorting. Her dad has Alzheimer's and it's probably in her genes that she will develop Alzheimer's as well. So she's in this situation where she's worried about her future. And I think that's what's kind of motivating her to kind of get involved in this AI. Because I think she's interested in kind of imprinting a version of herself on in, 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 in another form. Which is kind of cool. So... This season is kind of sci-fi, but it's not like it would. I wouldn't say it's sci-fi. It's fictional science. It's 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 the other way around. This is one of those shows where like I'll watch it, and for the first few episodes, I'm not into it. But then by the halfway point, I'm like, let's fucking go. A lot of my favorite shows are like yeah. that. Yeah. And like, there's so much backstabbing. There's so many like clutch moments where you think someone's gonna get caught out because it's such a like taboo subject. Mm. And um, there's a lot of scenarios where people's jobs are going to be destroyed over this but then there's double sabotages and backstabbing like it's kind of like an espionage show as well that's probably where it gets its, its sensational tv stuff from but it's also just like a very nice looking show and it's not funny at all which i think is kind of cool great it, it's never had a single joke in it in its three seasons <laughs> oh, never, when, they, when they cracked that one joke <laughs> there's never been one funny joke and i think that's kind of cool because like you you uh, do not watch this show to laugh. You watch this show to be like uncomfortably engaged. Yeah. Which is kind of what you need in a show sometimes. And everyone is super attractive. Everyone is very handsome. Some of the clients are very scary and some of them are very alluring. And it, the whole thing is just this mysterious package. Cool. That sounds great. Do you think you'll go back and watch the movie? Maybe. Ah, uh, you will, Brian. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I should just to see the DNA. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, of your yeah. new favorite TV show. Yeah, it's my favorite TV show. It's exactly who I. It's catered for. It's me. Great. It's it's just a good show. Um, I'm sure there's some stuff that it gets wrong, but I wouldn't know. I'm a big dum dum, but it's good. Big dum dum when it comes to escorts. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, I, I, you, you you can't be good at everything, John. I what what? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that right, Neov? Sure, yeah. Huh. Um, I think it's time for wrestle talk. Oh my god! All my dreams are coming true. <laughs> I literally have just one question. Okay. Uh, what is Poppy's deal in wrestling? Poppy performed live at a pay-per-view last year and since then has developed some kind of relationship with WWE, I guess. Mm -hmm. And she recently was with Io Shirai and Io Shirai is a goddamn fantastic Japanese wrestler. Io Shirai is... She is. She was a big rival of Kagetsu. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was just wondering because I saw um, someone shared some uh, on Twitter some images with me, and it was just like Poppy with her, and Poppy's like this weird sickly businesswoman who yeah. has like a cool wrestler at yeah. her behest to yeah. fight and for I her. Io Shirai is like one of the <laughs> coolest. And her, like her, her entrance, her entrance music is like, <laughs> and it's just great. Cool. I was just wondering why Poppy I, I, specifically. I, I, I think because it's because Poppy is so into that fictional persona thing, and that's such a hard crossover with wrestling. Mm. I think there's something yeah, that something in wrestling Poppy sees and is like, 
oh yeah that's like what i do yeah i think it's that but anyway while we're here <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> these doors lock neve um no i don't have that much to say about wrestling roman reigns is like the best thing in wrestling right now i can't believe it he sucked four years ago and now he's the greatest and it's amazing he incidentally got a lot better when he stopped wearing a top to the ring oh yeah he's he is such a beautiful man. The tits are out, are they? <laughs> Everything's out. Girls out. <laughs> Release the hounds. <laughs> Guys, I watched 1979's Phantasm. It's a spooky house movie, is it? So, kind of. Okay, this is about two brothers who... It's a film about brothers, Brian. Their brother is killed by a, a demon lady... Uh, they try to have sex in a graveyard and it doesn't go well for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it turns out that when they're at his funeral, the funeral home that is like embalming his body, body is also deeply haunted. Not not even haunted, run by interdimensional demons. Ah. This is one of those movies that's super famous among like really hardcore horror people and no one else. And that's because it's fucking ridiculous it's so silly and fun and weird um there's a a metal a flying metal sphere that patrols the funeral home and if it catches you it's gonna jab two needles into your eyes and then a third spike will shoot into your brain and suck the blood out of your head and it will spurt the blood from the back of it through a fourth fourth pipe that's fucking gross yeah it's it's cool. Uh, the funeral home is also run by evil dwarfs, as well as the interdimensional demons. The evil dwarfs work for the interdimensional demons. What do the demons need or want as uh, funeral directors? More dwarfs. Huh. I, I, I recognize turn, this. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to spoil it too much, but mm. it turns out that the dwarfs are normal people compressed. So is the funeral director kind of like the the face of this movie, like the villain? He's kind of Terminatory. Yeah, I'm looking like at him here. There's I, a point I, I where they're him. like, "How do we stop him?" You know. Oh, he's looking at the embalming fluid. Um, it's weird because like it is such a silly movie. Like it's really, really silly, but like it's also about like this extremely young's child's fear of like death and the afterlife and what is to come, and it's it's actually kind of interesting from that point because like while it is like so fucking stupid all the imagery is about death and like it's this funeral home and all his trauma comes from like you know the death of his brother and all this kind of stuff and so like it's actually kind of something there if you wanted to chew on it a bit but i think what i really find so fascinating about this movie this was made in a world where halloween didn't exist there is no elements of this movie that is even vaguely slasher-ish and you kind of forget like how all-consuming kind of slashers have become in horror because in like it's got to be like 95% of horror right there's always like uh like some element of you know something dangerous running that is like chasing people that's using a blunt object yeah like like and like you know it can kind of be a monster and stuff like that and that has its own history but it's just, this really feels like a film that was made in a world where, fla- where slashes didn't even begin to exist. And I think that's really, really interesting about it. It's kind of slow in places. It's kind of weird. It's also kind of a hoot. 
And if you want a weird, weird horror film, this is... I enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. Neve. Bo Burnham's inside is absolutely... <laughs> just the worst I've ever fucked hour and a half. Just sank. It was really funny. Only, only cut the... <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm gonna start this because both of you have weird like, like I don't know what's going on with your bodies. <laughs> oh, I'm not right. Like I'll, I'll admit it, I'm not right this okay. evening. There's a television show starring Kate Winslet, and it's called The Mayor of Easttown. Is it good? I have not she seen is it. She's fantastic it's in it. Fucking shit. <gasps> <laughs> We're not doing so good, John. You have to be careful with these words. Oh my god! Ow! Oh, I, that's what it feels like, huh? No, nah, Neve's pretty good. He's pretty fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. It's a great show. What oh. kind of lunatic? No, I, I... I, Okay. No, it's not pretty good. It's fantastic. I love this show. It was like... It's it's one of those rare shows that like... 20 minutes into the first episode, you're like... Okay, this is fucking great. I am having a great time. Kate Winslet mm-hmm. is yes. fantastic. She's fucking brilliant. Uh, I think so her name many- is Rose from Titanic. Rose from Titanic. Okay. Um, she she is just constantly good. Everyone around her is constantly good. It's one of those casts. It's it's one of those casts that's so good that there was a character in episode one where I was like, "Whoa, this character is really good. I can't wait to see what how this person's journey unfolds over the course of eight. Oh, they're dead. They're dead. Never mind. It's okay. Um, it's about a. It sounds so typical. It is about a dysfunctional police person in a small town, and there's a murder to be solved, and. It is about the murder, but it is also about the interpersonal conflict that is just happening between everyone all the time. And it's it's nearly miserable, but it's also really funny sometimes. Yeah. Her mom is fucking brilliant. She really fights with her mom. And one of my favorite scenes is like, they get into a big argument and she's like, you fuck off, mom. And her mom's like, why you fuck off? (laughs) And then two scenes later, they're just talking like normal because that's just their relationship. Like they don't apologize. They just go back to the way things were. But, um, it's fantastic. I'm like four episodes in having a whale of a time. Every dinner is just a treat. And I really, really recommend this, this show. Uh, it really, I really liked telling Neve it was shit and then waiting a good, like, 40 seconds before I kind of walked it back and just watching her kind of twist and squirm. Yeah, you got me. It's Neve's favorite TV show ever. Do you want to explain why? Um, I won't go that far. Um, no, I really, really enjoyed it. I walked it, I watched it all in one go. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. I didn't leave it. I've been depressed, but I didn't leave the couch. Oh man, you know what? Just like, being, being depressed is horrible, but a good solid like 13 hour depression watch. <laughs> I know. It was like, I was like, I haven't done this in years. This is yeah. fantastic. That's how I consumed like most of Hajime no Ippo. And like, that was a really shit period. But wow, that was a good time. Mm-hmm. And it was just exactly what I needed because Kate Winslet is like one of the most beautiful women in the world, but she just disappears into this role of just like a washed up kind of burnt out woman who's so busy that she doesn't have time to take care of herself. At the start, she has a limp because she hurts her leg chasing after someone. She's just tired. And then like one scene out of 20, she'll just turn it up a smidge and it's like, whoa, there's Kate Winslet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
great shit. And Kate Winslet, Winslet is an English actress, so her accent is amazing. She just pulls it off so convincingly oh my God, that okay. you you just you just don't know. Um, I love the small interpersonal relationships and like she's trying to solve this murder in the town of like and it's a small town so they get in an fbi agent to help her which is played by evan peters and it's nice to see him out of ryan murphy jail like he's a really great he's great and like he he, it's one of these characters like he's kind of playing a bit of a like a nothing like i'm not gonna say nothing because he does have significance in the story it's not like his character is like super fascinating at least where i'm at but he makes him interesting like he has all these little mannerisms and stuff that it's like oh, I, I believe this person 100% and it's not really the writing doing it. That's mm-hmm. not even like a criticism on the writing. It's just he's just not that important part of the story where I'm at. But Is, is, is he doing an English accent as well? Uh, no, he's doing this like, where is East Town outside of New York kind oh, of okay. accent. Sure. Um, Wise guy. Tough dude. But he sounds like like, he's just like, he's a great character in it and stuff happens with him later. And I was like, I was shocked. Um, but I just loved seeing him in something else that wasn't Ryan Murphy yeah, based. He, he, he has become like a more and more fun part of those American horror stories as they go on. Yeah. And um, it's also real good for like end of episode one. It's you're like, well, I know who fucking did it. And then in this episode two, you're like, oh, you know what? That was stupid. But now I know who fucking did it. And then episode three, you're like, no, but ne- this time, this time. It's, it does the red herring stuff, but it does it so convincingly that, yeah, you spend the whole yeah. time being like, this makes sense. Every re- every red herring feels like the final episode reveal. Yeah. And like all these interpersonal relationships, she's so tired and run down. But it's also like he's trying to be like, how do you solve a murder in a town full of people, you know, kind of thing? Yeah. So it's nice to have that outsider perspective who's just like, do you know everyone? And she's just like, yeah. And it, it's weird. Like by the end of the fourth episode, I found myself like really giving a shit about characters who I hated in the first episode, like the cancer lady. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Great show. Um, Don't want to speak about it so much because what's fun about it is the mystery kind yeah, of just thing. Dive in there. Have some fun. Yeah. So, so the show has a good vibe. Definitely. Oh, totally. Definitely. It, it's one of those shows where it's okay. just it's always a pleasure watching it. It's kind of the best of true detective, but imagine Kate Winslet. Yeah, she's very good. She's very good. So my favorite TV show ever made. Thank you so much. I can't wait to watch it. (laughs) Okay. It's okay to like something before you've experienced it and defend it with your heart. Yeah. It's a normal thing to do. Cyberpunk 2077. (laughs) You're going to buy that director's cut Death Stranding me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I have some stuff to say, but we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Real quick. Real quick. I watched Bo Burnham's Inside. I I thought it was fine. I have no strong feelings for or against it. I thought it was fine. People have been asking me about it a lot on Twitter. I, th- I thought it was fine. That's all I got to say. Oh, I did not like it. No. I, I've, I've not seen it and I don't want to. <laughs> why don't you want to see it, Brian? Let, let's ignore everything else. Why don't yeah. you want to see it? You know the way sometimes you just don't want to be part of the conversation in its peak and you want to wait a couple years and yes. then enjoy it in peace? That's why I don't want to play The Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> even now? Not even now. It's going to come out remastered on the PS5 anyway. I, he's completely right. Yeah. Oh, no, totally. I do the Absolutely. same thing. Yeah. It's, just like... it, it, it's just one of those things where you do not... like. Whatever that zeitgeist is, you want to be as far away from that bullshit as much as possible. You just want to enjoy something privately and quietly. I will say, I did not like it, but the rep, like 
people love this. Like people love it so much. I don't think it's going to age well. And I think people will reassess this way more unfavorably in like a year or two's time. Yeah. Excellent. You know, if it's, if it's helping people now, cool. I think like it just never, it never got to that point with me. Like I, I was, I, I think I was, I spent a lot of it kind of waiting for it to kick in nearly and it just never got there. And it's, it was disappointing for me, I guess, just because like I, I loved what, I loved what so, so, so much. And yeah, I just, hey, you like it? Awesome. You keep, keep being you, buddy. Strategy talk. Media is so dumb to talk about. (laughs) Just, if we could all just look at yogurt or something and get along. What kind of yogurt do you like? Unflavored. (laughs) Because it's the only one that none of us like. I like like, uh, flavorless Greek yogurt. Yeah, me too. With some honey, it's pretty good. Oh, I never thought of that. Yeah, honey, honey. Add your own flavor. I put put blueberries in there. Frozen blueberries. I see. Yeah. Does that, that hurt your teeth? That'll stay good for days. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. No, Brian, you, you give frozen blueberries like a minute, they go, they go kind of soft. I guess yogurt is always at room temperature, no matter how cold you make it, it always just <laughs> fucking heats up right away, because it's yogurt and it's mysterious. Um, do, do you guys want to talk about video games? Yeah, I yeah. want to talk about video games. Oh, where to start? Fuck. Do you want to save one of the more... The, the, I feel the, like I feel like Strangers Paradise and Guilty Gear are both going to be long ones. Sure. Neve, tell us about Ratchet and Clank. I've been playing Ratchet and Clank: uh, Rift Apart. I think it was just last episode where I was just like, I'm not going to get that. Of course you are. And then I got it because the reviews of it were pretty pretty good. And one of the ones I read specifically was just like this kind of is a reason to own a PS5 or at least if you have a PS5 this is a good kind of tech demo game I where own you a PS5 can... yeah it's... you should own this John it is a good game to play on this to see what it's capable of and it yeah yeah okay I put it in and I knew it was going to be good looking and that game is so good looking it is crazy it is gorgeous there's so much happening all the time it is like watching like a like Pixar movie there is like you open up and it's Ratchet and Clank and they're going to get an award for being heroes so there's a big stadium of characters ready to present them with this award And it's just like you see people in the stands. There's like these huge inflatable balloons. There's loads of stuff just flying by. It's so full of stuff. It is just packed full, but never to the point of clutter. Like it's not one of these games where you can't tell where you need to go or you're you're finding it hard to shoot things. They're not just just throwing polygons at the screen. No, no, it's very deliberate and it's very, like, it looks good, but it's not at the expense of clarity, I guess. Um, Just... I feel feel the amount of particle shit that started last gen and is continuing hard into this gen, I find that kind of frustrating sometimes. That's a fine line to walk. Yeah. This, like, isn't even, like, particles. It's just, like, characters on screen, like, so many of them. And, like, there is, like, particles and lighting and just crazy shit it's happening all the time. It's a very dense-looking game from what but I've it seen. Is, yeah, it is packed full of stuff. Um, it is your typical Ratchet & Clank affair in terms of combat. You have a whole pile of cool guns and you shoot them. 
and <laughs> and like it feels good to do it like one of my favorite guns so far is the pixel gun where you shoot it and like the car the person you've shot or the enemy you've shot kind of turns into a pixelated version of itself oh and, that's cool yeah and it has that kind of like doom sound effect where it's like and gets really crunchy and shit um you have just explosives that you can lob and just you can flick through them you have a weapons wheel which will stop combat to select the gun which slows down combat quite a lot and so i don't like using it but you can quick select weapons from your d-pad but you can only select four weapons mm. from it and you'll obviously have more yeah. than four but you can kind of assign those to your d-pad um which i think is the way to go because i think flicking between them slows down stuff but you get ammo from crates, you'll run out of ammo, you will eventually have to go into that menu and slow stuff down to get them. The extra stuff that's in this from the la like from the last game, kind of, you, again, you see the PS5's power, it is using rifts. So there will be a portal on one side of the map and you're there, you can tether yourself to a rift and pull yourself to that point in the map and be there instantaneously. So you're basically traveling to points instantly on the map and it's it's cool like it's really impressive gameplay wise is it like specifically useful have i used it much apart from the one part moments where you have to use it for navigation not really but um it is cool there's a new character in this called rivet who is a female lombax which is what ratchet is but she has a bushy tail and a pink nose yeah she's very cute and she's very endearing and i like I, I like her a lot i'm enjoying playing as her she has the exact same weapon loadout as ratchet so you don't have you don't have the frustration of kind of learning two different characters but it also means the gameplay is the exact same kind of thing it doesn't really shake up you're doing the exact same stuff as either ratchet or rivet um, where the g g gameplay does change is with Clank's stuff and that's kind of more environmental puzzles where Clank has to solve little instances where little versions of himself is running along a track and you have to do stuff like an elevation sphere will make them jump up into the air because you have to get them to an end point. So they start at one point, you have to get them to the, the end and you have to just kind of figure out what to do in between to get them to that point. Those are fun, nice little things. They're not particularly difficult, but it kind of gives Clank a moment for himself to kind of be a character outside of all that big action and shooting, which is nice. Story-wise, I kind of said before, I don't love Ratchet and Clank's humor. Thankfully, it's kind of missing in this game, that kind of kind of tongue-in-cheek kind of humor that they've done before. Ratchet and Clank, up your arsenal. Yeah, literally that kind <laughs> of, like, edgy shit. Like, like I never liked it. That's kind of the reason why I didn't love it. It's just, it never landed with me. This is way more Neve, sincere. It kind of sounds like up your butt. It, it does. <laughs> 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 does. That's where poo comes out. <laughs> woo! Woo! Sorry, Neve. Um, this is way more sincere. Like, it's like... Clank wants to help Ratchet find other Lombaxes, so he made a portal gun that will bring him to different dimensions to try and find others of his species, because he thinks Ratchet is lonely, but Ratchet kind of just wants to hang out with Clank. And it's it's kind of a story about their friendship and kind of assuming things, but also Rivet is there, and it's kind of her story's a little bit about self-acceptance, because in her world, robots are the bad guys, and she has 
Like, um, she's an amputee, so she has a robot arm, and she kind of hates that part of herself. So there's, like, there's some nice little character moments Neve? in there. Is Rivet gay? I don't think Rivet's gay. I think there's... I a... was expecting Neve, her to come be, on. like... Um, gay yeah. Maybe she will, but, like, here's my thing. I think there is a gay... Al- like, an LGBT allegory. I think there's a good, strong trans allegory with Rivet. Mm. Like, I know some people won't care about my take with that, but I do think... Everyone who listens to this goddamn podcast cares about your goddamn take, Neve. <laughs> I think Rivet has a really strong trans narrative because, like, her and like ratchet are kind of opposite versions of themselves kind of thing and i think if you want to like read that into it it is definitely there and it is what i am doing because that is how i approach media (laughs) um i like the coding is there if you want it to be i haven't got too far into the story but i am afraid that they'll do the thing because ratchet is the lone male lombax and rivet is the lone female lombax they gotta be the breeding couple yeah my horrible fear is that they will fall in love and be together i would would hope i would hope we're kind of past that i would hope so too so i'm kind of considering them as kind of like just as either each other's beards or maybe this trans what's it called when you ship people but like as friends Friendshipping. Friendshipping. Is that really a thing? I don't think it is. Um, I like Pacific Rim at the end because at the end, the male lead and the female lead are friends. And it was like, whoa, you know, that's new. Yeah, yeah. it really was. Like in anything else, they would have kissed. And they came yeah. so close to kissing. kissing. And then the credits roll and you're like, awesome. Yeah. Oh, just more of that, please. More mm-hmm. of that, please. Normalize male-female friendships in media. Please. You gotta. One thing I would probably kind of, my uh, like if... I'm gonna throw criticisms out there. It's uh, the combat is very samey. Like it feels exactly like old Ratchet and Clank, but like there's, polished. There's to the so end many of the Ratchet degree. and Clank games as well. Yeah, yeah there's crazy. And like when you start like factoring in like some PSP versions and stuff. Yeah, there, mm-hmm. I think there's more Ratchet and Clank games than Kirby games. I, I'm thinking of a oh, similar idea. And like Kirby's about twice the age of Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. And Ratchet and Clank haven't even had anything like that recent. Well, I guess they, they had, the, had remake. the remake. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they had the remake of 2016. Um, and a movie to tie that's still in with five it. five years ago. It's crazy. The first four bosses I fought have been very much shoots a laser at you. You have to jump out of the way, shoot it. They'll add ads halfway through. Avoid laser. Phases of tree? Kind of, yeah. Any, any Not stamp even... the ground, jump over the shockwave. Yeah. I fucking <laughs> hate that. Have you oh, had to fight a... such a pet peeve. Did you, did you have to fight giant hands? No, not yet. I mean, it's most, it's all robots Brian, with like, a laser You are so right, far. like, giant hands are a super cliched boss fight that have happened so many times, but every time I fight them, I'm like, yeah, this is awesome, give me five. And, like, maybe they will shake that up, I, I am not like, too far into it, so I'm hoping they will, but it kind of just, mm, that's where it's falling down for me, is it kind of like, okay, I get what this combat will be. Right. It's accessible stuff. for all ages. Yeah. Do you think um, we should play this game? I think like it's a short game. It's 10 hours and I absolutely understand why it's 10 hours because it is so aesthetically rich in detail that you could not sustain this past a tight 10 hours. I mean, I'd like to play it for end of year, I think. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I'm, I'm, I, I've, I'm, I'm due to get it later in the year. Maybe. I'll pass it on to you guys because yeah, yeah, as I said, it'll you get can, passed you around. Can get it. We'll pass it around. <laughs> yeah. This game costs 80 euro. I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think everybody needs to pay for this. No. This is like, this is, if you're playing on next gen consoles, you need friends that you can share these games with. You gotta, you gotta, gotta playground it. You gotta have a, yeah. a game share set up. It is just so, like, so rich. I've been in maybe 
seven different locations already and like they're just full of life and when you look up in one of rivets like she lives in this kind of swampy jungle and she has a hideout there but when you just look up there's these giant brontosaurus style monsters that are just taking big pieces of food from the trees and just eating them and it has this chewing animation it's bursting out over the place they're not interactable they're like they don't do anything they're not part of the story but they're just there as this cool background detail to kind of flesh out that world and that space and they're doing like loads of that you go to a club where there's just a whole pile of robots dancing and you just walk through it and then it's over but i love shit like that it's just so like full of one of those games where you're like i I can't believe someone went to the trouble of creating yeah. this asset for this moment. It's a really well thought out theme park ride. Yeah, and that's really what it feels like. And it's fast. Like, you know, Crash Bandicoot and every other platformer ever, you get on a character that moves really fast that you can't stop. Mm-hmm. It has that. You get on like a big wormy thing and you go through a swampy lake. But like it's a big valley bowl shape so you can kind of steer around. Exactly. Yeah. Smash into boxes, collect all the pieces. Like yeah. it's like if you it's like Spyro, Mario if you like anything thing like that. From the last Bowser's Revenge the dinosaur thing that you swim around in? Yes. A lot of space. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because you're going to goof it up. But yeah. It's part of the fun. That's That happened very early on, and then later on there was very something similar with Ratchet. Like it, it has showed me a lot of its cards already, but the trappings and the presentation is so beautiful and full and wondrous that I don't mind. Maybe if it, maybe it might swerve you. It might be the stuff. Maybe yeah. That's, I, that, I'm open to it. I, I love I love that when like you get to a game, you're three hours in, and you're like, okay, I think I get it, but you don't get shit. Maybe I don't. Maybe you don't. Time to subvert everything you've learned before. I'm pleasantly surprised with it so far. I had a lot of fun and just honestly shocked at how good it looks. I think the last boss should be Jax. Jack and Daxter. Yeah. They I show think up. You should have to do that thing in in the video game where like. Ratchet is pointing a gun at Jax and Jax is like dead on the floor and the, then just or 2 comes up and it's not going to move forward until you press or 2. Oh, I hate that. I'd, I'd love if you walk into a room but then from the other side of the room the door opens and Jack and Dax are walking but they both zip up their pants and they go sorry we were just in there having sex. <laughs> <laughs> and Ratchet's like what's that? And he's like you'll find out when you're older. Could he, could he be like, but you're not going to grow up to be older. <laughs> <laughs> fucking blast this fucking face open. Okay, I know you're being gross, but I will say, in Jack 2, there's like this sci-fi world where a whole pile of spaceships are going around. It's like their little GTA world. Yeah. There's a bit in Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart where they have that kind of world. And you know in your head how you picture something versus the reality of what it is. So like the graphics suck and jack and dexter too like fill in those blanks yeah i was like this is what i imagine that world to look like in jack 2 kind of thing you're in your rose tinted nostalgia goggles yeah Yeah. so it's kind of like all those kind of moments that you have from other platformy games in this kind of vein you're just like this is what it's like in my brain it must be cool for a kid now to grow up and play this and like and, and, and when they're older it should look like it looked then unless video games get even more fucked up i don't i'd love to know what it's like for a kid to go back and look at the shit we grew up with because we'll never know you know we will never see what they see with the shit we used to love and i think that's really interesting neve that sounds good yeah having a good time 
Cool. Fantastic. Uh, real quick, I'm playing more Disco Elysium. This has been, I think this is like my fifth time talking about this game. And I had a lot of trouble getting into this game. I think it was like three tries before it started to stick. Um, the game takes place over the course of five days. I'm on the fourth day now. And the game has shown me its cards. I understand why I am there and what I am trying to do. I think... Yeah, I think I think to everyone who is like this game is like incredible or whatever like this game is really important. I I'm at a point where like yeah I agree. It's it's just a very good game. Um, completely unapologetic in what it wants to do. If you do not have the patience for it, it does not give a fuck about you. And I find that frustrating, but I also respect it. And um, I I'm at a point now where I I I think I I might love it a little bit. It just has so much heart. And I think when you get to that game first, you just see a lot of the ugliness in the game. Because, like, you know, you're playing as just this just this train wreck. Like, you can mold that character in a lot of different directions. Like, there's a lot of customization. Like, not just for... Not, not like, you know, dex or strength or intelligence, but, like, you know, is he very authoritarian? Is he a socialist? Is he just like a kooky weirdo? Does he just like to do drugs all the time? You can really mold him in any of those directions and those those changes are significant. Like they change how you interact with those characters and who becomes important and all this kind of stuff. But he's always a fucking train wreck. He's just, he's just so broken and so sad. Um, he's probably one of the only characters I'd really compare to um, Red Dead 2 Arthur. He is that level of like whatever way you want to play him, he kind of works because the writing has is that well thought out. I think early on in the game, it, it's it's nearly hard not to get not to just see that, not to just see like the grittiness of the city and just what a terrible situation you're in and how fucked everyone is. But I think as you do play it. It's like the little kindnesses of that game do kind of come to the surface, and there's some really incredibly sweet moments. Um, I think the moment that really pushed me over the edge is like, basically, you you wake up day one, and you don't even know you're a cop because you've lost your badge and you've lost your gun. And you have to track down your badge and your gun, and I found my badge and my gun both on the third day, and it was just like... It was just so sad. Like, it was just, oh, this person you're playing as is such a disaster. But then, like, that's that's your badge. But then when you find your gun, they use it to paint a picture of this really sad person who's, like, really kind of just been consumed by this city. Like, it's not your cop, it's someone else. I don't want to say too much about it. But it's, like, someone who was just really left behind by everything. And it's... It's nearly kind of funny and shocking, but then when you actually start to think about the person you're encountering, it's really, it really gets at you, you know? And from there, like, you have a choice to, like, just forget about them and never think about them again, or you can go to this militia and be like, hey, this person's here and they need help, and that's what I did, and then you end up seeing this different side of this militia, who I thought were just fucking assholes up until this point in the game, and so, like, yeah, I, I think it's it's a kind of beautiful game in its own way. Like, it, it has so much heart. And, like, I've brought up Kim a couple of times, your, your partner in this, and he is just the sweetest fucking person. Like, he sees 
what a disaster you are and he will pull you up about it but he can also tell that you're trying your best and the the way he communicates that is so subtle and so sincere that it it really is a very special game for all the bullshit i think with it but with even the bullshit at this point i'm like the bullshit is there because the game knows what it wants to be and it's not willing to compromise and i can't i can't really i'm at the point where i can't fault it for that it just is what it is i think if someone's not going to enjoy this game there's a hundred valid reasons to not enjoy it but it's not like i don't think they've miscalculated at all i think they knew exactly what they were trying to make and yeah it's cool i think if you're unsure you could wait for a discount with it but i also think this is going to be a game that is going to become probably a big talking point in the years to come and you're going to see its influence in a lot of ways and I, yeah I, I i love it like i think it's great that's my talk into school Elysium. very good the greatest game ever made the greatest game fuck undertale i'm gonna drag us back to ratchet and clank for a second Why not? i'm so sorry it's great it's okay. ratchet is uh, ratchet's voice actor is titus's Voice actor from Final Fantasy Boo! X. No, shit shut up. Game. No. Shit game. Shit game. He's got it's a nice the laugh. Best one. His, his laugh is very good. Um, Just like that, Neil. <laughs> Brian, could you do your impression of Titus's laugh? <laughs> I'm Titus. <laughs> John, you're Not where I thought. Ha 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 ha! The actually, beauty of life. You actually, know? John. Oh my god. That's... Actually, John, he's just doing that deliberately to yes. cheer up Yuna. Actually, yes. This is what I've been saying. He's putting on the laugh. But also I know he's putting on the <laughs> laugh. It's not laugh. like I thought that was his actual voice. It's still a fucking shit scene. No, Neve. it's not. If you had empathy and were a human, <laughs> you'd enjoy it. Lovely laugh. Um, anyway, Ratchet shares the same voice actor as lovely, lovely Titus. And it's very nice to hear his voice. It makes me happy. Yeah, he's got a real good like anime voice. Fuck. You love yeah. anime, Neil. I love you... anime. I like, love Digimon. Like... <laughs> Digimon's so- Tamers is my favorite show. <laughs> Digimon Tamers is great. Yeah, I know. It's- Terrymon. No, I'm actually brilliant. Like, being very sincere. I love Digimon Tamers a lot. Yeah, Renamon. it's class. Yeah, it's well, fucking see- brilliant. John really likes No, Renamon. Brian, stop. John, can we- Brian. Renamon. John, come on. Just just describe Renamon in three words. She's strong. She's a strong Digimon. <laughs> She's a strong Digimon. Is that- <laughs> Look, I watched that as a 14-year-old and I had complicated feelings and I did not know what they were. Yeah, because a furry wasn't a thing back then. No. Really. Or, or it was, but you know, it wasn't like a like a thing that was spoken about. She just has a really cool design. She's absolutely fantastic. There's a really cool figure of her, but then they sculpted boobs on her under her fur. Cool. <laughs> so everyone has to be like, hmm, I don't think that's canon. But who knows? Unfortunately, Neve, I think you were... You're probably in the vast minority on that one. It's a huge improvement. Real talk. Do you know what I actually do like about the Titus laughing bit? What? Fucking nothing because it's shit. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, you're just winding me up and it's successful. I am. That's true. That's <laughs> Yuna's true. pretty cool. She is. Yuna's great. Titus isn't. No. Uh, Brian, talk to me about Ganbare Goemon. Ganbare Goemon. I need to go to the toilet. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I need a moment. Sometimes when we record the podcast, Neve goes to the toilet and just screams. She's just going to do a very angry toilet. Uh, I, I don't know anything. For real about... though, Ty is pretty good. Is he? Okay. No. <laughs> I don't know anything about that game. I don't want to. All I know is 
what to say to annoy people about that game mm. whether to get on their good graces or bad graces it's a very easy game to wind up people and for that reason it's probably a game Oren's cool he's got sunglasses big sword Lulu Lulu's fucking great who else is there is, is there a Bender? cat uh, there's a there's a there's there's, like a, there's a giant furry dude yeah yeah, yeah. he's it, pretty cool like, like a feline looking yeah thing. He, I think He's kind of the character in the game that I was like, oh, cool, can't wait to find out this guy's deal, and then the entire game went by. Oh. But Ayuna's cool, Riku's cool, Riku gets way cooler in the second one. Is there a time skip in 10? Not in 10, but between 10 and 10-2. But 10-2 is just the girls, isn't it? 10-2 is just, it's, well, it's, it's Riku, Yuna, and Pain. Yeah. And Pain's like Neve. Yeah, I've, I've seen Pain. And I'm like Yuna, and you're like Riku. Is Riku the one? She's the, she's the happy one, the she's, spicy one. She's not the dreadlocks, is she? Yeah, only yeah, yeah. She's Albed. Okay. I'm. This is wavering. Talk about Gambari going on, and Neve's missing this entire conversation. Yeah. She'll be back soon. Neve, could I ask you a very difficult favor, please? Well, yeah. Could you turn on the light, please? Because it's gotten dark. Which one? Uh, so the, the no no um the lamp over in the corner, the floor lamp, yes. and it's the top dial. Only we're just gonna leave all this in. Only. Thank you so much. Um, so the other thing we asked you to cut, do cut, but then this do not cut at all. Thank you, Neve. Thank Neve, you, Oni. Neve, Neve, do you want a beer? Thank you, John. Yeah. Okay, we're getting beers. Yep. There should be a bottle opener there on the oven. It's magnetized. Is that the Rockshire stuff? Yep. See, people people love this stuff because it's it's like they're they're actually hanging out with people. <laughs> it's so authentic, and we're not she trying really to like <laughs> yeah, we're not trying to hide the goofs. Uh, we're embracing. It's behind you. And then look down. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. And I didn't actually know the magnet worked on it because I kept trying to get it to work and I couldn't. But I tried really hard tonight and the magnet worked. And I don't know if you heard that, but that was my creaky fridge. I don't know what to do about it. I keep asking maintenance to fix it and they fix it. And then a week later, it's unfixed. Thank you, Dave. Sort of like it's broken. Oh, okay. We were just talking about Final Fantasy X. I haven't talked about Gambari going on yet. But we what's both wrong? decided what's, what's for all three of us what we thought of it. <laughs> what 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 was the conclusion? Oh, it came to. You'll just have to listen. Yep. I will never do that. <laughs> Neve, have you ever listened back to an episode of this podcast? Um, slightly when I was editing them, but even then, not that much. <laughs> That's why the editing has improved a lot since Sony's taken over. <laughs> I listened to our first episode in 2015. I haven't listened to any since. I, I think I have listened to like some here and there. It's just weird. I hate the sound of my voice. If if you hate the sound of my voice, listener, psh, same. <laughs> the sound of my like I this I am dead to the sound of my voice because I have to listen to it so fucking much. Mm-hmm. But when I see myself on camera, I want to die. Like, really? Oh my fucking god! It's so. A lot of time I'll shoot a live action segment, and I'll watch the first like five seconds and I'll pause it and I'll just go lie down for a little bit and I'll be like I I hate my face so much you know how last year I made that like collection video yeah. of all my like games and stuff there is footage never used of me standing in front of all my games like one of those like Nintendo YouTubers being like hey it's me whoa and this time we're gonna talk about top five crazy stuff that's happened in Mario RPG you know doing that kind of <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. YouTuber and I sh- had to delete the whole fucking thing and then just get John to fill me on a bicycle with subtitle <laughs> or with like a dub on top. Yeah, no, it, I, it, I couldn't see, do it. Seeing like seeing yourself on film is 
so much worse than when you hear your own voice. Or do you know? Do you know when you're in town and you see your reflection in a shop window that's kind of like tinted black, so you kind of see your reflection back out at it, and you kind of see like a weird looking person that sort of <laughs> looks like you, and you're like. Oh, and you're like, wait, that was me. I'm almost like, man, I've got like a lot of cake back there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, people like cake. That doesn't need to be a bad thing. That does not need to be a bad thing. <laughs> I know. I'm learning to live with it. You should be like, nice wagon, I'm dragging. <laughs> yeah. I just a, a lot of times, I, a lot of times, I'll see my silhouette and be like, oh god, I'm just like a small, angry square. <laughs> I'm just like, who let this giant boy out of his bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? Video games? We're talking about Goemon. Okay, so Ganbari Goemon is a Super Nintendo series made by Konami about Goemon, the mystical ninja. In the West, it was known as Legend of the Mystical Ninja, of which only the first of the Ganbari Goemons ever came out. John, it's one of your favorite games. It's a childhood cherished game. It's a fantastic game. What I decided to do is I'm going to go back and play the Gambari Goemon series. Now, Goemon does exist before the Super Nintendo. He was on the Famicom, but I don't really want to play those games because Famicom games are just not <laughs> okay, fun. Okay, rewind back to the conversation we had where we were like, what do people who grew up in the modern era see in the games we like? We can just transpose that directly to our opinion on like mm-hmm. 99% of Nintendo games. Mega Man 2 is good. Super Mario Land 1 is good. That's it. 3 is good. And Kirby's 3 is av- good. Kirby's Adventure is good. Kirby's Co- Adventure is good. Little Samson and Kokoron are good. And then like every other like... NES Famicom game is just dog shit. Get that fucking ZX Spectrum piece of garbage out of here. Yeah, I think if anything has the word Atari in front of it, I know it's supposed to be the super nostalgic thing, but like, have you seen those? Or like ColecoVision or any of that? Like, you know how they'll have like the history of video games on like Netflix or whatever, and they'll have like an episode on like like late 70s, early 80s games, and it's like, unless it's an arcade, I don't want to look at that awful piece of shit. <laughs> Like, my my cousins off. used to have an Atari and a really weird thing happens where I remember a bunch of games from it, but my memories have transposed Super Nintendo visuals onto those ugly, ugly machines. So I'll download <laughs> an emulator and be like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> anyway, Ganbury Goemon. Ganbury Goemon. Take four. Let's, let's try it for real this time. Uh, I replayed through the first one, but I'm playing them via a fan translation because it seems like a lot of them got fan translated uh in recent months which is super cool so i played the original one uh which is mystical ninja and i played it in fan translated english so it is more accurate to the source material and for the most part they didn't change much except for the fact that in mystical ninja uh goemon and ebi samaru are called kid ying and dr yang <laughs> So now he's no, it's cool. So now he's called Goemon and Ebi Samaru is player two character and they've changed out some of the sprites so he doesn't eat pizza, he eats on a giri. Oh. What a wow, that's a lot of effort. Cause there is Japanese food in that game. There is, yeah. Huh. But for the most part, you know it's fairly intact, and that's a that's a fun game. Did uh, you beat it I take it you use save states? The only way to play that game is with save oh states. Oh my god. If you play that game in real life, you're a fucking crazy person. Like that I, that I, game I, is I so have, hard. I've been on a playthrough once where things got a little intense. Yeah, madness descended upon you. That game is nuts. It's a cruel and unforgiving game made by Konami, the meanest of developers. 
Did uh, you have fun, Brian? Oh, yeah, I did, because I had save states. It's a charming it, game. It's also the, a beautiful yeah, game. Yeah, like the visuals and music are 10 out of 10. Yeah, oh, what a lovely game. So fucking good. Uh, so then I played Ganbari Goemon 2, which I can't remember the, like, name. It, it, it's like Evil General McGuinness takes on Japan. Neve, for my next birthday, can I make you do something instead of you getting me a present? What is it? I don't know, maybe watch a one-hour wrestling match or maybe play Ganbari Goemon. Fucking God, no one wants me to play Goemon. I will not know how to do that. <laughs> it will be terrible. Okay, we'll just put a pin in it. Um, Brian, are you playing this on your PC, like emulated, or have you managed to play this? I, 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 I'm playing on, on, on my Mac Mini. I just ah, have a, cool. like the, the ROMs ready to go. I'm, I've been using mm-hmm. this site called CD Romance, and they're very huh, good for... That's, that's a cute name. It's a fantastic name, but they're, they're very good at like... Getting ROMs that never made it over to the West, translating them and archiving them, and having all the patch notes and that's cool nice, work. nice timestamps mm-hmm. and feedback. It's just a very well run, very well run website with a good community. That's cool. It's one of my favorite websites on the internet, which is a, a, a rare thing these days. It's really sad because I appreciate that work that people do so so strongly, but it's kind of dodgy to talk about these things sometimes it's piracy i feel like as soon as you start getting into like preservation and stuff that's never been shipped that's when the gray areas for me disappear and like just i'll fucking emulate the shit out of anything i don't care same it's not even that but it's nearly like too many eyes on something can get something shut down you know when like a journalist starts reporting on a fan remake of something and then too many eyes get like a thing just completely closed it's the quickest way to get rid of it so it's like you want to support them but you I think, I, don't I, want I think to. like it's nearly down to the developers because like you nearly need need to do just a stealth drop. Like you need to make it in secret and then be like, "Hey, I made this thing." And then once it's on the internet, it's on the internet. Yeah, yeah. People can upload it onto like mirror sites, and yeah. it can just become like a hydra, and it just keeps growing heads. Gambari Goemon was the one that really stuck out to me then because it just ended up like Konami made a Goemon game every year in the early nineties, from like nineteen ninety one all the way up to ninety five. This is a Goemon game every year. The second one is just. And this kind of becomes a running theme where it's such a Japanese way of making it or like thinking Japan is the way it is and Western influence comes in and they don't like it. So General McGuinness, who is a clearly Caucasian man with blonde hair, uh, starts bringing in his evil Western values into Japan. And it's up to Goemon and Ebi Samaru to take on him and his robots. And he has robot bunnies. Yeah. How, how dare he? And this is more Super Mario World based where it has an overworld and you can like backtrack two levels and it's still as cruel and unforgiving as the first one but they redid like almost all the sprites yeah it, it's kind of crazy how like they'd make this game every year but they'd make it from scratch every year yeah but it set me off on this path where i want to play all the ganbari goemon games on I, super I nintendo it's super interesting there's four of them and then there's a couple of spin-offs like there's an ebi samaru puzzle game or like a board game but I'm gonna work my way up to Mystical Ninja One and Two on the Super Nintendo or, or, or on, on, on the N64, and that's a game I've never. They're games I've never played. Oh, uh, and I I, I, have I, a I would feeling love like they're going to be jank, but they're going to hold up in some because like those games have so much personality. Like yeah. it's crazy. I played a tiny bit of the first Mystical Ninja on N64. I played about half an hour of it, and I was like. Oh, this is something real special, and I'm gonna to need to save this for like the winter yeah. when I'm sad. Yeah, like it, it's like it is not the level of polish to like your Banjo Kazooie's, your Mario 64s, 
but like it totally has its own weird thing going on it's it's nearly like a combination between like an ocarina of time and a mario 64 yeah that plays way worse but also has like just a shit ton of personality yeah but it definitely does seem like there's a running theme in these games about japan being attacked by an outsider who is not japanese and they have to that that is the story of the n64 game (laughs) yeah they've 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 got to keep those values traditional gotta keep nippon pure is McGuinness Irish? I think he is. Wow. He, he kind of looks like Hulk Hogan with a scar in his eye, but he's called General McGuinness, and his sprite is so fucking good. I just really love that his surname is McGuinness. Like, that's such an Irish surname. Mm-hmm. I was delighted. I was like, there's my representation. There he is. Finally. It's here. There's my patty. Now we have him and that one boxer from Punch-Out. And Nina Williams. And, and Sean, the Dublin man in Red Dead Redemption who says he's from Donegal. And the brother from No More Heroes, what's his name? I didn't, Henry? Henry. I didn't know he was Irish. He has an Irish accent! It's been a while. Ah, Travis, it's me, Henry, let's fight. You know, full-on brogue accent. Video games are silly, what else do we have to talk about? <laughs> um, you guys, let's talk about strange final fantasy origins oh so this was announced in the e-tree square um showcase and they showed a trailer and everyone was like what the fuck is that (laughs) yeah that was what the fuck (laughs) so so this is i i i know this only by secondhand information so can i ask what okay it's made by Team Ninja. Yes. On behalf of Square Enix. Team Ninja of Metroid, Other M, and Neo, and all the Dead or Alive games. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, okay. And. With it, Nomura on character design and scenario writing. Perfect. It's got three lads in it. Yeah. You've got pink haired guy. You've got black j- t shirt jumper guy. You've got the tall black dude that's probably the most interesting character, but probably won't get any character development. Uh, if you haven't seen the trailer, just try and imagine what all their voices sound like and you're correct. Yeah. Three uh, generic dudes. And so is this their attempt at Devil May Cry? It's like, imagine if you took Devil May Cry and you just rang all the color and personality and fun and life and all that was left was just like the edgy husk. Sounds great. So, and, and, and so they put out a demo, but it didn't work, they and then it did. Tra- okay, for, so they showed this trailer. There's this weird kind of generic dude in a Western-looking guy who says chaos like seven times in like a one-minute trailer, and then they're like, demo available now. So people go download the demo, and the demo is corrupt, and no one can play it for two days after the showcasing. That's a really good start. Um, but then it started working. Yesterday. Yep. Excellent. And me and John both played it. Mm-hmm. And you love it. I fucking hate this. <laughs> I okay. What I'm, what I'm gonna say about it might not sound like the most damning criticism, so I wanna ask people to take this in the absolute worst case possible. This is the most aggressively mediocre game I have ever played in my fucking life. This is like if you take Final Fantasy XV and just keep going. Just keep fucking going in that direction. And it's just, it takes so many like modern tropes from modern games and just shits them all together. And it's just like, yeah, fuck it. Uh, People like hard games, so let's just give the little goblins a bunch of health. 
and they take a bunch of your health and they're not fun to fight, but you just keep with. But you know what? We'll put a mechanic in it so you can steal their uh, energy and it doesn't have to work. It's uh, like, it, like uh, this game is going to come out. It's going to get 7.5s and 8 out of 10s. People are going to think it's fine. I fucking hate everything about it. I swear to God, I just... Like, Final Fantasy, it's not... It's not a series anymore, it's just a franchise, it's just a placeholder for a bunch of bullshit ideas, it's a shitty loot game where you're fighting new fucking swords every second, no, no sword has any weight, no, like, piece of equipment is like, oh, fucking yeah, I achieved something, I did it, it's just fucking like, oh, cool, this sword has two points, and the last one only had 1.782, and it's like, cool, now dopamine is firing in my brain, I did it, I did it! Oh, I need to find another weapon! And you will! You'll find another weapon in a fucking second. The characters are all just the fucking same stupid anime bullshit that Final Fantasy's been carved out of for the, I don't know, since 15. Since fucking 15. We live in the fucking nightmare world where 15 became Final Fantasy. And this game is the dripping, sweaty shit stain of that. But yeah, it's pretty good. I don't know, I just hated it. I really did. I And like, look, if this wasn't a Final Fantasy game, I wouldn't hate it, but I also would never think about it again. I just wouldn't care. And the fact that this is where the series is at is just... I don't fucking know. Like, what I loved is gone. It's just been taken away from me. And I am being irrational and mean and unfair, but I just, I hated this. So I'll probably buy it. We'll see. Does this game have anything to do with Final Fantasy, or is it just using the badge? Well, yeah. Yes, it does, because this is Final Fantasy Origins, and it is a prequel to Final Fantasy 1. So the main guy in it, Garland, I've never played yeah, Final Fantasy 1. Yeah. He, the bad guy, is Garland. And so he's this big fucking, like, knight. He's like, okay, imagine the Final Fantasy 1, you know, old, like, medieval knights with all their spikes and horns and shit. Imagine that. Yeah, does the Final Fantasy exist in, like, you know, a pre-technology era, you know, the first one? Not yeah. anymore. And then imagine a bunch of fucking, like, H&M stock models crawled out of the catalog pages and were like, we're gonna fuck you up, Garland. And it's like, I read a thing where um, Nomura was like, he wanted to make a game about an angry man. And congratulations, you've done that. You've made a game about an angry fucking man. And that that is as much thought as it feels like went into this thing. I, I hated it. Neve, what did you think of it? The most embarrassing thing about this demo was I kind of enjoyed it, to be I honest. Oh, no. <laughs> I knew it. Um, everything is, you said is absolutely... No, no. <laughs> everything you said is absolutely right. This is like... This is... Fan Fancy is a franchise now, and this is the swill that's going to be churned out with the FF logo stuck to it. I play loop games. Oh, dear. Where things drop, and they have tiny incremental numbers. So when I first put this on, your main character, Jack, starts off in a fucking field of wheat and kind of imagine the last game you've seen that done. Was it like Ghost of Tsushima? Was it Sekiro? Imagine how beautiful this that was. This was disgusting looking. It was like a pissy yellow and it looked like it came straight from like a just early PlayStation tree. Just awful. And that was where your tutorial happened. When it got into the gameplay, I actually quite liked the combat of it. I liked that you had um, two character classes that you could flick between really quickly and that you had a armor set for each class, which if you're doing a loot game, which wants you to pick up loot all the time, 
that's handy to be able to put loot different armor sets on different character uh, classes. But this game is such a type of game where they want you to continuously grind. It has save spheres that kind of work like bonfires that reset rooms, that makes you go back and refight enemies to drop more weapons, to level up these classes. Once you level up your warrior class, it unlocks an advanced class. So it's just constantly asking you to grind. It's just like, that's, that's the nature of the game, grind. I thought the combat was fun, but I thought the enemies were so painfully generic. Like you saw a bob bomb, like a bomb, and you're like, <laughs> like not a bob bomb, but a bomb. Okay. Um, and I was like, cool, Final Fantasy enemies, and there's a little cactar at one stage. There you go. I got annoyed when I saw the cactar. I just felt like, don't you fucking I know. shove him in my face. I know, it's because it's in this horrible, disgusting castle that's just like. What, was there a chocobo? No, thank oh, God. Oh, there, there will be. There, there will be. be. Um, <laughs> but then all the other characters are like wolf, goblin, skeleton. And these are all like, and bat. And like, these are all like, these are all enemies from Final Fantasy 1. But when they're rendered as a beautiful sprite, skeleton, you know, is a nice enemy design that you fight. And it's like cool because it's like they had a square of 16 by 16 sprites yeah. to get across that this was a skeleton and look at how hard they tried. And it looks cool. But when you put that into 2021 gameplay and a game, it looks like an acid drop. Here's a generic skeleton with a shield. Here is a literal bat and here is a literal wolf. And like there is ways around yeah. that because like if you were to write down a lot of the concepts of the Dragon Quest monsters, it's like yeah, it's a zombie, it's a skeleton, but that game's art style is so fucking consistent. Yeah. That's what's wrong with this. Its art style is just gross. It's bad. It looks like PlayStation 2. Like it reminds me of Chaos Legion or Devil May Cry, but with none of the art direction, where it's just a huge castle with I, like I have a lot nothing of in it. for Chaos Legion. Me too. Yeah, I love Chaos cool. Legion. It's a cool game. But it's just like photorealistic nothing. It's just like like it's it's just it's video not even game environment. Photorealistic because it's too ugly. It's like <laughs> it's like graphic the graphic fidelity of this is fucking crazy, just crazy bad. Like we're in the generation of PS5 and this is looking like it's coming from the start of PS3. Like it honestly looks like PlayStation 2, but they have better draw distance. Perfect. It's it's bad looking. It, it really like to me what it really reminds me of is like oh this is like this is early era 360. That's what yeah. this is like everything from the mechanics to the look of it to the like angry vibe like it just yeah that was my favorite era so i think that's why i enjoyed this i like i spent like three hours grinding in this demo and like like i beat garland i thought there was a bit of a there was a really annoying difficulty bump for the boss base um compared to the kind of standard enemies and i was like oh they just want you to grind in this like, I enjoyed the combat, but this is not something I would go out and buy. Like, this is like, if this came to Game Pass, I would play it. Or if this was 20 euro, I would buy it. This is one of those games where I feel like at some point I'm going to play it. And that thought, like, it bothers me. I'm like, oh, why? But I think I will at some point. But I, I, I also just ag aggressively did not like any part of it. <laughs> it's, it, and I understand why it's bullshit. Like I didn't like, I didn't, it's not that even I liked it. I was just kind of fascinated 
that this was made. <laughs> like, I'm just puzzled by it. Like, playing it was crazy. Because Jack looks like shit. Like, all the characters look bad. I understood why his design is so boring, because they want to strap equipment to him. Yeah, but then the equipment you pick up is ugly as well. Yeah. I was like, I didn't think I looked cool by the end of it, even though I had, like, maxed out, like, I had gold drops. Ugh, gold. There's... There's rarity levels of everything. Yeah, it's a grind game. It's a disgusting, weird grind game. Yeah, I mean... Like, it's like, people are going to like it. Like, pe yeah. it's going to come out to semi-decent reviews, I'll bet. But to me, like, it's a game that I would just forget about so quickly, and it's hard just not to get frustrated with where Final Fantasy's at, you know? Totally. Maybe 16 will be amazing, I don't know. I hope so. The, another thing, like... I noticed with this, the UI is that same Final Fantasy 15, Final Fantasy 7 remake UI, where it's that same kind of text on a blue kind of thing. And like, I get why they would do that in the sense it's faster for development. But I don't know, one of the nicest things about Final Fantasy is you start up a new game in the series and its UI is so in relation to the aesthetic of that game. I, re that I remember loading up 8 for the first time and seeing the, I think it was the silver UI mm. and just being like, what the fuck? Like, and it was cool, you know? Yeah, it's like, they're so of their games, and now it's just kind of like, well, we have our templated UI that we put on every Final Fantasy release now, and it kind of feels like, like, as you said, it's it's just... Yeah, it, it doesn't work for individual games. Like, yeah. they do the same for a lot of the first-party Mario games on Switch now, whether it's like a platformer or a party game or tennis or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't... But it makes sense because that's all one shared universe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's all happening in the same timeline but final fantasy isn't like that they're all uh, anthology games essentially i guess now that namora seems to have control he can just be like they're all connected i i guess okay last thing i'd say about it's like this ryan game. murphy put in video games i know oh my god <laughs> but instead of a like no i was gonna say aggressively gay because ryan mercy doesn't even put that many gay characters in his stuff it's just really straight i will say there's no female characters in this well, Either. But now, in fairness, Namora did clear that up from that uh, interview about 15, where he was like, girls would change the vibe. And, like, yeah. you, know, you know, I don't like saying this stuff, but girls kind of do change the vibe. Could they not have one girl just to make sure that the guys aren't gay then? They do. They they have their purity maiden that they like, uh, Kyrie Luna Freya, who they like to throw in, who so, just so, kind of no homos the boys. Yeah. Yeah. So she's there. So they all have a big case of not gays. And yeah. There's, there's not, you know, it, it's all cleared out. There's, there's nothing. When you it's fight Garland there. in this in this fight, a uh, voice from Princess Sarah comes out and she's like, I have to help you, Princess Sarah. <laughs> and like, I was like, oh, there she is. There's Neve, our Neve, pure could, maiden. Could you do some more Princess Sarah, please? <laughs> okay, like, okay, I, I guess the thing with this is just, I really feel like when I look at what this demo is, in my bones, I feel like at no point during this thing's production did anyone really genuinely think this was a good idea. Like, at no point do I feel like there is any human being on this earth who would put, like, their hand on this game and be like, this is my child, this is my creative vision that I am going to bring to life. I just feel like it was a bunch of people kind of going like, yeah, yeah, yeah we, could, we could do that. We, we have some assets. Yeah, you know. We, uh, can, we can do that. We can oh, yeah, make that. Oh, yeah, the dev, you know, this dev team isn't set to do it for another year and a half. We can probably, uh, we can probably bang out a few. Shoot it mm -hmm. out. Yeah, anyway. Okay, so that is part one of our Square Enix shit talk. Part two will be in the E3 roundup. Yep. Do you want to talk about our last game? Do you, 
Do you guys smell that? Oh, God. You smelling the game? It smells like the smell of the game. Yep. Smell of the game. So guilty. Hey, hey, hey. I keep going, Brian. Just, just take it home. Shredding on down to the dusty road. Ride my hog with nowhere to go. Hey, hey, hey. It started off as Guilty Gear, but you've kind of gone Sons of Anarchy now. It is, it's just all American treading it. Uh, got picking my guitar and uh, please don't put our music on Napster. Can you do a purity made him on a motorbike? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, Lancelot, as I rev up my engine, I think of you, the quiver of the of the pistons. Oh, I tremble. Oh, I wonder if this is what love will feel like someday. Oh. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Guilty Gear Strive is finally here. It feels like it's twenty twenty one. It's been delayed. Been, it's yeah. here. I, I, this one feels like one of those games that we've just been waiting for it's forever. Supposed to, it's supposed to go to Christmas. Yeah, it didn't. But you know, obviously, it wasn't gonna. But you know, it's it, it's out now. It's June. It's here. Brian, hey, you know, it's Strive. Uh, it was. I, I I was playing it last week. I, I I've been kind of sick. Not sick, but kind of recovering from something this week, so I've been playing it because uh, it requires a lot of attention. Because this game looks and plays well, it doesn't play. Looks intense. I Sounds say it intense. Plays pretty intense. It, it, do, it if you're playing a certain characters, it sure it fucking does play intense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm enjoying it. I I've done some. I, I do you know what the online fantastic. Oh my god, that rollback. It's really good. Uh, I don't like the navigation still, but once you get a match going, you're 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 locked in. I just I just you're go fine. to quick match and just train well. Absolutely. Because I'm not that love. Come on. Yeah, it's 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 the easiest way to do it. I, I thought when they delayed it, that's one of the things they were going to address. But then it came out, and they're like, no, 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 I'm still there. <laughs> Here you go. Um, it, yeah, it, it's weird to play it so soon after the beta because it you have to do all of that again. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I'm enjoying it. Um, I don't know how to describe... Like, there's lots of good stuff to say about it. Do we start saying the good stuff first? Sure. Um, it, I mean, like, we, we talked about it a lot of it in the beta, but it's a fucking beautiful game. Yeah. I, I love the feel of this game. Like, I just... I, I, I hit 100 matches so quickly when that achievement popped up. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> um, it's got that chunky, fresh feel. I, I'm playing a lot as Geo. She she's the best thing about that game. She's fucking brilliant. Her and Rivet, amazing. Two cool girls. What's wrong, Eve? Nothing. I was just like, Why, do you not like women? <laughs> I'm just thinking about best new character and how they're absolute contenders. Yeah, I love women. Um, Geo is not winning that award. <laughs> oh, Neve. <laughs> she's a character design. She doesn't have a, like. Personality. She's the bodyguard of the president of the United States of America, and her best friend's a wolf. She drives a really, really cool car that looks like a carousel. Cool. And she keeps getting in situations that she has to fight herself out of. That will happen in a fighting game. No, but this isn't even like. I actually have a very salient point to make about that later. In story um, mode, there's no fights. It's just a really weird anime that's four and a half hours long. It's just what? an. It's, yeah, 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 it's, it's just an. Nuts. The story mode is just an anime they made with the 3D models and so many unique models that they yeah. made just for this story yeah, so, mode. So, 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 really? so there are fully rendered characters that are not playable characters. They might end up as DLC. There's one guy for sure. I oh, guarantee. Oh, there's one guy. He's going to be the first. Yeah. He's blue and he has a gun. Yeah. 
Um, but then there's other characters and you're like, this is a supporting character, but look at the amount of work that's gone into the supporting character. It's yeah, nuts. it's insane. Like, like With this game, you are kind of getting a fighting game and an anime box set. That's cool. It is. I had no idea. Sorry, I take it back. Giovanna's in the in the race. How dare you? <laughs> um, but yeah, like I I am really really enjoying Strive so far. Like I, I think it's it's an incredible fighting game. I I really love like I I do love a lot of the simplification they've made to it because like this is the most into the gameplay of a Guilty Gear I have ever been. When I am playing it, there is just a joy to it. Like, the Roman cancel system is so, so much fun, basically. You can cancel out of anything into anything, but there's also purple Roman cancels and gold Roman cancels, and it's really weird in a way that not even previous Guilty Gear games were, even if the characters aren't as complex, and I have been having a great, great time with it. I, I love this game. The, the soundtrack is so fucking good. It's fantastic. And the game's fully dubbed in English as well. Mm -hmm. It's been a few games since they've done that. I think the first Exard, Exard was in English, but then the the two follow-ups were only in Japanese. But I, I, I just like to play fighting games in my native language. It's just, I, 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 I need to have my senses sure. less occupied. There is stuff, like one thing I was not expecting about this game, it is very bare bones in a way that I was quite surprised about. It feels like a version one where... Yeah. But, like, did you buy the version where you're going to be getting everything, like, added in? I bought the season pass. Yeah, same. So, like, I'm hoping by the end of this it feels like a full game, but at the moment it does not. Yeah, and, like, there's stuff that's kind of... A big part that's kind of missing... So you do have the story mode, and the story mode's really cool. I haven't watched all of it, but it seems cool. But I was thinking about this, and, like, okay, what I... I like fighting a lot. I think fighting is really interesting, and I think fighting can be a really cool way to communicate with other people. And I think what I love about the fiction of fighting games is they have to build a world around all these very different characters who all share this common, like, want to fight. And I find the world building that happens around that really, really fascinating. And it's one of the things I love most about Guilty Gear. Um, so much of that is not in this game because while like it does have a story mode there's stuff like if you play guilty gear x2 if you beat one character as another character you their win quote will be a paragraph of the first character talking to the second character and it is so much fun trying to piece together the world and lore of guilty gear from stuff like that there's nothing like that in this game everyone just has generic win quotes and I miss that a lot. That kind of sucks. I think one of my favorite things about like the Tekken Tag series was putting characters together and see if they'd have an animation together kind of yes. thing so you yeah. know their relationships. It's stuff like that that's missing from Guilty And Gear. this is a game with 15 characters, so you'd think it would have that aspect kind of yeah. there. And it's not like a lot of work hasn't gone into this game because I like I really think it has. Um, but it, it just feels like you're playing as the main character every time. There's never any... like like protagonist or tritagonist to this thing it's all it's, yeah, it's only protagonist yeah and then like you know there's no instant kills in it no and it, it, it's weird that like your two like supers what, what are, uh, starts with d uh, supers whatever yeah. yeah the supers there's only two of them per character yeah they're like I, I assume when they upgrade the game eventually there'll be more yeah but it's it it, it it feels like a base level game in that way 
Yeah, um, and like what what I really miss about the instant kills is like it's what I love about like any like big you know massive super combo in a fighting game. It is the most like extreme version of that character you're going to experience. Like go watch Biken's kill like instant kill from Guilty Gear Rev Two. Like it's just incredible. And I feel like you are nearly kind of missing that. And like some have like amazing look. Like um, Sol has a really, really amazing one. Eno has like an incredible looking super combo. Yeah. But then some of the others, it's like they do a big cartwheel for a while, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of disappointing. I like Faust has a wheelchair and he hits you in the shin with the wheelchair and it really hurts your shin. That's really good. But like, do you remember Faust's instant kill from Rev? Way better. Oh my god, he does plastic surgery on you and every character in the game has their own distinct post-Faust plastic surgery look. Brilliant. And like, oh, fucking Slayer would write a haiku and all this stuff. Mm. I do like the simplicity of the game. I am starting to kind of come up against like, wow, it, it is really very simple compared to old Guilty Gears and in a way that I found really accessible, but... I'm also feeling like I can start to see why a lot of high-end players are getting frustrated because like when you get to the real high-end there is things that you can abuse with certain characters and there's like spam you can do like if you're if you're playing as Nagarayuki against Eno it is so so hard to do anything against her projectiles and it's 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 frustrating and so like you know when people say that like when like old school Guilty Gear players are annoyed with this game I feel that like I really do and it's my hope that a lot of that stuff that can kind of be patched and like kind of tinkered with because I do see this as the first step in what I hope is going to be a generation defining fighting game but it's like the new generation problem you know Street Fighter 3 new generation isn't that good a fighting game Street Fighter 3 third strike is the best fighting game of all time it this shit takes time and I think we're at the start of that that's true in terms of accessibility they do a great job of kind of the lore of Guilty Gear is ridiculous, but they have, like, flow charts and timelines. Oh my god, yeah. And you can, like, Venn diagram individual characters, or you can overlap stuff, and you can see who has beef with who at certain points in the timeline, uh -huh. and when they're aligned with each other, or when they're, like, And only a tiny fraction of those characters are playable. <laughs> For ages, you're like, who's that man? And then you have to go all the way back to, like, Saul Bad Guy's original name. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, who's Jacko? And then you're like, oh, oh, okay. yeah. It's all cool though, right? Yeah. Like it's all really good. Yeah, and so like there, there, there's some really cool storylines with the characters, and you know why they are the way they are, and who they fight, and why they want to fight. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's a crazy game. It's good. Um, I'm having a fantastic time with it. Like it's got problems, but it it is one of those games where it will just devour my errors. And that's video games. Which means it's time for the sixth year. Let's talk about E3. We've been talking absolute bullshit for the first 90 minutes of this episode. It's time for the second half of this show where we. Nice and tidy. Nice and tidy. Keep There's going to be no tangents. We're okay. going to be locked on. Just the most valued of opinions. Here we go. Uh, how do you guys want to do this? Okay, how about first of all, we each ask ourselves, did we like E3 this year? Yeah, that's the first question that we should ask. Okay, um, are we going to go through all the games here? 
We don't have to. We don't shirt. have to. The ones I the ones I put down for things. Cause did you do the listing? Me and Brian did. Yeah. Good I did job, some. Guys. And, but I just put down stuff that yeah. I thought was interesting. I didn't put down. I didn't put down everything. every game. It was just like a game that was like Overwatch oh. Two isn't here. Yeah. Did they show that? Apparently. Fucking. They showed Christ. two character models. They did for uh, in, in Summer Games Fest. Hey, wow. Okay. Okay. Nice looking character models. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But they look the same as the last. One. Yeah. Of course, it's Overwatch. They yeah. look a little different. Hmm. Sombra's collar is like kind of more spy. There's a bit of silver on Farrah now. I really enjoyed E3 this year. I thought it was great. The only thing I didn't like about it is because it wasn't a live presentation, you didn't have those hilarious fuck-ups. This is all good content, Brian. You need to put it on Polka. Uh, this, is, this is being recorded. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. Okay, you didn't tell us we were back. Okay, cut all of that. That was all bullshit. No, 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 no. Leave that in. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you knew we were recording. I think, no, I I, I think, I think no we've idea. set a record this episode I mean, for like, cut that, cut that. Poor Arnie. No okay, we're out of free lives. We, our safety net is gone. Anything we say now is going to get left in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good noise. Keep that one in. Oh yeah, no, that, that's, I that's, thought that's, E3, that's how I feel. I thought E3 was quite good. It was it was one of yeah. the better ones they've ever done ever. Good. I think overall. all things all things considered, given COVID and like that, yeah, like it was pretty decent. It showed a lot of games. One thing I will say is like it kind of didn't feel like E3 in the sense that the E3 like it was all on the E3 channel on YouTube, but the E3 branding wasn't on the other you know, stages or mm. anything. It wasn't like, here's an E3 host kind of inviting someone on stage to do their bit. So it kind of, if you didn't know it was E3, you would just be like, this is just a Microsoft presser kind of thing. Yeah. The kind of connective tissue that made it E3 was very light, even like in its branding and its like social media presence. One thing as well, um, I don't think there was any new consoles or hardware revisions of pre-existing consoles this year. It was all just games, wasn't yeah. it? Did you think they were gonna do the Switch? That was such a, a rumor. That, that that was such a rumor that went out of control. It felt like they were gonna do a Switch Pro just because the current Switch is a 2017 NVIDIA mod. Was there any like big wild things that you kinda believed but didn't happen? Um honestly no. I kind of knew to temper my expectations given COVID, and there was a lot of pre-E3 stuff that was just like now temper your expectations and the fact that sony didn't even show up yeah for some stupid fucking reason the day of capcom i was like street Fighter six here we go despite <laughs> all the reasons not to think that no like yeah, they haven't I, even teased that shit like like to me a lot of e3 was like but these I, are the I, games I, that are coming out in the next 12 I, months I, I, please I was be expecting patient a tease. Okay. i was expecting i was expecting a logo and and ryu to do the new show ryu can like the wildest i thought they go is to show Bayonetta 3 or Metroid Prime 4, but I was like, they're not going to do that though. But it would be cool if they did, but they're not. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed, but they're not. Did they Did they say anything about Prime 4? No. Just just that's still in development. And then, Metro, or, or, and then Bayonetta 3, nothing. If I had any slight hopes, it would be to see something from the RE4 remake rumor to kind yeah. of have that substantiated. But like, I kind of wasn't expecting it either because I heard don't expect anything from Capcom and boy yeah (laughs) maybe you didn't need a show guys yeah didn't even announce like a Street Fighter DLC they were just like 
Oh yes, we 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 make Street Fighter, and it's like, oh good. Okay. You're gonna keep making it? Um, All right. So I, I guess it started off with Jeff Keighley's personal show, the Summer Games Fest. I thought this is great. Yeah. Yeah. This was a surprising. cool mix. There was something for everyone in this. Yeah. Um, Metal Slug Tactics. Fuck yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, I like. Sure, they're never gonna make it on a Metal Slug, but at least they're doing something with the IP, and you know, an isometric turn-based tactical game that has sort of roguelike elements to it, apparently. Was this sprite-based? Am I thinking of yeah, that one? Yeah. This looked nice. Looks mm. lovely. Uh, I love the sprites of Metal Slug, so it's cool to see them from a slightly different angle, and uh, I'm hoping for some really cool designs. Um, I would also say this was the first trailer of Solar Ash that kind of won me over. Yeah. yeah. I've been pretty, like... That was a really good, like, one-minute, like, yeah. demo of it. I, I, I felt very tepid about that game, but this trailer, I was like, oh, you know what, this is this actually looks pretty cool. I will say, like, Brian, you kind of had a phrase for these kind of games where you kind of slide around the world. Yeah, because the Pathless is the same. You play yeah. as a kind of female form. Yeah. <laughs> and you are in a, uh, like cell-shaded atmospheric world mm -hmm. and Solar Ash and the Pathless, if you put those two side by side and maybe like, like they're kind of the same game. Even it's kind they, of an aesthetic you're seeing a lot. Yeah. Like I'm going to play this game, but I played the Pathless so recently. I don't know. Let's see. Mm. But yeah, looks great. Yeah. I, I, I do like Heart Machine. They made, uh, they made whatchamacallit. I love that game. Hyperlight Drifter. Hyperlight Drifter. This is their new game. Fantastic. Here we go. Jeff, um, Jeff got on the phone and rang his good friend Hideo Kojima. Hideo Kojima came on and was just like, not to say I'm a prophet, but maybe I prophesized everything. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, here's, here's some gameplay of Norman Reedus. And it showed a very Metal Gear style that was situation. Oh, yeah, it's, it's Hideo Kojima fucking cutscene. I, I don't even know if I loved it or hated it. Like, I think I hated it. I kind of loved it. <laughs> yeah, because you're, 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 you've been on a journey with Death Stranding. I can't look. I can't explain it other than I hate the story. But um, did any of us play anything crazier than Death Stranding last generation? Undertale is pretty good. Shut up, John. <laughs> like, I will play anything that man puts out because, like, um, he shakes I, I, up games. I, I agree you with know? you. Like, I agree with you. Like, he yeah. makes weird shit, and I like, I like games. I liked, like, I like, I, I liked Death Stranding. You know, like, I genuinely just liked it. Story was fucking stupid, uh, but yeah, okay. I haven't played anything like that. I, I had I, to wobble. I've, I've, I've got something to say about this. So this is a re-release of Death Stranding for the PlayStation 5 yeah. with some new content. Yeah. The name of this game is called Death Stranding Director's <laughs> Cut. Now, such a now let's break this down for a second. Hideo <laughs> Kojima owns a, a video game studio called Kojima Studios. <laughs> or no, no, Kojima Productions, all right. So he is also the producer of this game. So when you think of, in the sense of a film, director's cut that means that the film was taken away from the director in the first version and then the director got it back and now you get to see his true vision without the like meddling producer Brian, Brian but this is Kojima no Brian you don't get it it's finally his true vision it, he doesn't understand the words director's cut and he's just slapping it on you a know reboot what? you know what he understands he understands that he likes blu-rays and yes. he's seen it on a lot of blu-rays that he likes and he's putting it on his video game I'm really not surprised you call it Death Stranding Redux or something <laughs> what a knob um um, Death, in the original Death Stranding, there's at least three 
um, title screens were directed by Hideo Kojima that appear in that game. In fact, in one moment, you just run through a credit scene that you can't skip, you can't move, like move past. You just have to run on a beach while all the credits roll, and that's not even the end credits. Um, well, so well, I'm just like, will he fit in more directed? Okay, Neil, Brian, this Brian. is his true vision. Like we Brian. didn't get to see it. Right, here's what you gotta think of, right? What you're talking about is 2019 Hideo Kojima. He had complete creative control on this fucking yeah, game! Yeah, I know, I know, Brian, but 2019 Hideo Kojima is a fucking hack compared to 2021 Hideo Kojima. I know, but do you not think, like, Phantom Pain Director's Cut is a more appropriate title than Death Stranding <laughs> oh, version 2? Brian, you're so right, but I love that he did it because he's just like he thinks he's a director. He does like Hideo Kojima. He needs is just to fucking like, direct himself some common such sense. Such a wanky dude, and he just believes his own hype so hard. Like this, that this makes perfect sense. This is the only thing. Apparently, he could at have the launch it. of the of um, Death Stranding, there was like in an art gallery, and on the wall there were Hideo Kojima quotes, which and he was at this event. Very proud of himself. <laughs> There was also Babies in the Ice, which I think is very good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I will play this. I wonder if they got Norman Reedus back to record any dialogue because that that <laughs> little bit of a snippet he showed was completely silent. And for a lot of the side missions in Death Stranding, Norman Reedus does not speak. Like Sam does not speak at all because it was clearly like, we've yeah. got him to do the cutscenes, and everything else he'll go. <clears throat> and that's it. So it's like, I wonder how much like it was weird what he was saying kind of about like kind of feeling bad about predicting <laughs> the pandemic and how he wants to make happier stuff kind of so I'm kind of interested to see what he'll do and also interested to see what the tone of the extra stuff in this will be maybe it'll be nothing so far what a waste of oranges that's all I have to say it's true Elden Ring oh Elden Ring do, do you want to talk about that now or save it later what we can talk about it now. Uh, if if we start saving saving stuff to later, we're gonna be kind of going back and forth a lot. What a That's get for Jeff Keighley. Yeah, he seemed delighted. This this was a great trailer, and they showed enough while keeping the mystery there as well. You know what they did, and I watched a breakdown of it from from Vati. Yeah, same. And I thought that was that that kind of raised me up on a lot of stuff, but part of me was a bit like. If you showed me this and called it Dark Souls 4... Oh yeah, I'd be for like, sure. Yeah. Because it's just like... I really want to know, is this game going to start and have a cutscene go, Once upon a time there was a kingdom, but then a big evil spell was cast upon it. Oh, you're going and to... everyone was sad. They, there's even a name for it. The it, It's like... The rusted or something like that, yeah. but um, I, I like I guess the only reason I say that is just because I feel like you hit Bloodborne. Bloodborne, pretty fucking different thing to Dark Souls. Like similar in some ways, but like you know it has its own philosophies. It's like how combat should work and all this stuff. Same with Sekiro, very very different. And with this, I was like, oh, this looks like looks, Dark Souls. Yeah, it looks like open world Dark Souls. Yeah, and like you know you say that, and that's exciting. Like that sounds really cool, but um. It was still a great trailer, and like, yep, that the art of Dark Souls is there. It looks some of those monster designs were fucking incredible, but yeah, looks good. Yeah, and it, it's out in January. That's insane. It's out in six months. That's mm. that's very cool. I love the monster designs in it. Like those games make me suffer. I'm not good enough to finish a lot of them, but I really en enjoy the experience. And then going to 
draw those characters to take out that frustration about not being able to beat them and every single person they put on that screen every single monster every single location i was like this is so inspiring like visually like this is so fucking cool looking i just i love that I, i love it for that aspect really and then they said there was four player co-op and i was like yes someone can carry my ass through this game those someone's are you thank sure. you boys sure uh please take me to the end of this game i want to draw these characters i want to beat them and that made me happy because like that has been something i have been you know i just i, I can't finish sekiro i just can't do it and now i feel like how far I can did you get um you're fighting owl no, I didn't get to fight Owl. Okay. Owl's a prick. The last, the last person I beat was the big maiden on the bridge with the, the big kind of kabuki mask woman on the bridge. She, she's easy to cheese. Yeah, I beat her, and then I was like, I don't want to play this game anymore. I'm really stressed out. <laughs> and then I. She's put really it down. scary because she's really like small and fast. I don't like small and fast enemies like that. I just like. I'm just really stressed out. Like after I beat Genichiro, I was just like, I think I'm done. I'm at 60 hours and I think, I think, I think I'm that's done. okay. I think that's okay. Yeah. Um, but I would like to get to the end of the game and the idea that this is like co-op in that way is cool. Um, hearing more about it and just kind of like that it has like a kind of 30 hour playtime, but there's multiple endings that you can kind of go back and play that game. I think that's super cool and that a lot of the bosses are optional is also super cool. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the main game is fairly short, but I'd say because it's open world, I'd say a lot of the optional side quests what I'm stuff kinda, is, it fills in a lot. What I'm curious to see with like the open world stuff is, you know, like with a lot of open worlds, they're more than just like these enemies are here. Like I think a lot of the coolness about open worlds is like you know the weird shit you find out there that doesn't necessarily lead back to combat. I think they will do stuff like that, and I'm kind of like, what's that gonna be? Yeah. Plus the fact with open world, like if you go into a boss fight or like a, a, a fight with a difficult enemy in open world, you can walk away from it. Ah, uh, they'll just do a fog door. Yeah. Do you think, think there'll be big, a big fog dome that you're I think it in? would be cool if they're not, but I think you're asking for a QA nightmare. It might do the thing where Sekiro does, where if you get far enough away, it just resets their health. Yeah. Yeah, that, that'd be cool. But, um, looks great. Look forward to playing it. Um... Was there anything else from GameFest we wanted to talk about? Um, I guess all I will say as an event, it was pretty good energy. And then like Japanese Breakfast came on and showed Sable gameplay. She has a song for Sable. Sable looks beautiful. If you don't know what that is, it's the kind of Mobius style yeah. illustration game. Yeah, it's got these kind of flat pale colors. Yeah. Or, or, well, like black outlines flat pale colors yeah it looks like a really dense line work illustration but as a video game and it looks really 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 cool um the demo of it is available on xbox so i've downloaded can't wait to play it uh so japanese breakfast did a um performance and that was cool then they got weezer of all the fucking people to do a performance and it's like they fucking tanked the energy of the entire show it was just so weird i hated it it was just like why are they here I, I, I've got three games. Other than that, they show, showed some more Tales of Arise, and I yeah. thought that looked cool. I loved the extra characters, because we'd only kind of seen, like, a main boy and a main girl, and we hadn't seen the rest of the party, and a lot of the Tales game is kind of, like, based around your kind of, like, party and companions. So it was nice to kind of flesh out what that would be visually. That game's out after the summer as well. It's out Yeah, like, that game's cool. Um, I, I, my girlfriend will play it, and I will play it after her. So I, I, w- I was excited to see that stuff. That girl in the night looks awesome. 
Mine armor. Yeah. There's a game called Sky, Season of the Little Prince. And that's made by That Game Company, who made Journey. Ah. Um, so I'm curious about that. They're... I hate the Little Prince. <laughs> There's a game called Planet of Lana, and it's it's like a puzzle platformer, atmospheric puzzle platformer, similar to Inside. But it's not just black and white. It seems to have lots of color. And so I'm curious about that game as well. And then the other thing was they showed off a bit of the, the next Dark Pictures anthology game, mm. House of Ashes. Just keep that in mind, okay? That's all I have to say about that. Just that this was one of the bullet points in this hour-long presentation. Yeah, what did you think of that, Neve? Um, I thought it was weird that it was so militaristic looking. I was just like, what so the fuck is this? I have suspected for a while now that the people who make dark pictures do not like horror. Yeah. And that this, this trailer did not... This game but, takes place during the war in Iraq. But Which is fucking nuts. Don't. But also, doesn't the Pazuzu statue show up? Like, the one from Exorcist? Well, not, not just from Exorcist. Like, it's in everything. Yeah, it like, is. Pazuzu. But, like, I was like, what are they fucking doing with and this? Th- then, like, they show the monster thing. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, maybe I didn't need to see that. And then they're like, and here's the pre-order statue of the monster. And it's like, you're really uh... kind of, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that'll come back later okay, on. Okay, sure. Then, in or around... After that, there was another direct called the Wholesome Direct. I did not watch this. This was fantastic. It was um, full of Brian games. It's full of Brian games. So these <laughs> are all uh, indie games that are coming to Steam and probably Switch at some point at a later date, as is the way of an indie game. And it was an almost hour-long presentation, and you kind of got three or four minutes with each game. And they showed seventy-five games. They showed yeah. It was like I I do think like. This was probably my favorite part of E3 just because this is the one where it's like there is something for everyone in this direct and like these are the games to keep an eye out for. Not if you like fighting. Yeah, wholesome like really kind of... <laughs> There's something for everyone for you, Brian. Yeah, if you John. like wholesomeness. Okay, the reason why I liked it, there was more than one frog game. <laughs> Here we go. Because... There we go, everybody. Because if you're an indie game developer, what do you do? Stick a fucking frog in your game, you're a winner. Everyone loves a frog. Did they have that one game where it's like a kind of platformer game where the frog uses his tongue to attach to things? They might have. It all blurred together. Okay. Never mind. I saw like there a were multiple, of that and I was like, wow, what a Brian game. There were multiple games about like intricate, realistic cooking. Yes. And a bunch of like sims that... Some are farm sims. Some are like you're running a small hotel sim. Okay, it's not for fighting games, but you know what? If you like Sims, there's loads of Sims. And I don't like Sims, so I don't know why I'm trying to praise them. Okay, some games that stood out to me was there was a game called The Gecko Gods, and it is a 3D platformer that isn't a platformer, kind of like Snake Pass. But in it, you play as a gecko, and so it's kind of like a 3D puzzler where you're navigating a gecko around this, this kind of ancient castle environment. It's very blocky looking. That had a cool aesthetic. There was a game called Teacup, in which you play as a frog who is getting uh, bits and pieces ready for their tea party. That's pretty cute. That's pretty cute. Yeah. There was a game called Paparazzi. Neve. Hmm. 
This is a game in which you take photographs of dogs. That sounds pretty good. I was like, either the dog is the paparazzi or you take pictures of the dogs. So and either that, way, it's I think, great. I think that's what I wanted. I wanted a stressed out dog trying to make rents and having to take photos of celebrities. Oh, no, in, in, so it's in just this, dog spotting the game, basically. Yeah, and you're going around to like dog friendly cafes outside and just taking photos of the dogs. There's a game about like straightening things. Like, sounds homophobic. Happy Pride, everyone. Well, hey. fucking straightening game. <laughs> sake. No, like about like straightening picture frames on walls. Oh, that's actually really satisfying. Yeah, I, I was watching it and I was like, well, I'm never playing this, but I know someone's watching this and being like, oh, yeah, that's the stuff. Well, that's going to scratch an itch. Yeah. Uh, there was a game called Amber Isle. This kind of looked a bit more sophisticated than some of the other games, like it... Like it it's kind of an attempt at making a small open world game on an island, but it looked very, very detailed. So I'm curious about this one. Like, really, these are games where, like, I don't know how many of these I'll actually end up buying, but I need to keep an eye on them and see how they get on. I would say the experience of watching the direct is very pleasant. Absolutely. Yeah. Then there was another game called Frog Song. Had some great visuals of frogs. And I, I just think if you have the time, watch, watch the wholesome direct. Because the games aren't all, like, twee. Some of them are kind of, like a bit sad but they're all sincere which i appreciate there was yeah there's an earnestness to that presentation all those games yeah, i also I... checked out the mother presentation but the basically it's it's a it's it's a direct dedicated to mother fan games and they range all the way from like oh my god this looks fucking amazing i can't believe someone is making this to a lot of games that i don't think will ever ever be finished if um yeah. You have a call for programmers in your E3 presentation. Buddy, I don't think that game's ever going to come out. But um, yeah, it was cool. Odyssey still looks amazing. Yep. Oh my god. Um, Devolver Digital? I didn't get to watch this because I was on a train at the time. Did they continue Nina's story? Oh yeah, she's, she's in the office and everything is just melting. It's having, she's having a great time. Um... Three games that kind of stood out to me was uh, Trek to Yomi, which is a samurai game inspired by Kurosawa films, but not in the way whatchamacallit that game. That Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima. So this does have the black and white with the scratch filter, but they've managed to put put the black letterbox bars overlaid yeah. on top of the scratch filter this time, so it I've, doesn't look silly. I actually saw the the trailer for this and it looked really nice. It, it looks very cool. They got the contrast right that you yeah, would have they in did. black and white. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it looks very rich. All things considered. There's a game called Wizard with a Gun and it has like a Vivi looking wizard. I just think Wizard with a Gun is a really good name for a video game. It is. Um, then there was this game called Demon Trottle, which kind of plays like Pocky and Rocky. Oh, cool. And Demon Trottle is from the developers of Gatto Roboto, which is a game I adore. That's a cool game. And I'm very curious about this game. I will probably get it, but Devolver Digital, you know how the, how, how they don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. And they're interested in kind of experimenting with stuff and they have enough indie games that they're publishing or semi-indie that they can kind of try a few risks here and there so what they're doing with demon throttle is it is not coming to digital shops the way you buy this game is you pre-order it physically and it's a made to fit order wow that comes out next year for switch or for, for switch okay there is a part of me that's like well i have to get it then i know yeah the phone was there yeah. now and so like i i like i i 
I'm very curious about this game, but now I feel obliged to buy it because it's not going to be part of some Switch eShop sale. But like the way they advertise it, it was like out on physical, never digital. Huh. That's interesting because I think it's a cool way to market a game and I guess this game would not be made without the funding with that in mind. Like they clearly signed up to make a game yeah. for this as a platform. Yeah, like they, they probably got a, like a once-off lump sum, but like it's just, like, you know, the way if you put your game digitally, there's, you know, residuals. Yeah. But there's no residuals off this. You're, you're like, they're, they're like the, the whole thing is this game is an old school game and they present it in a trailer that has the the CRT filter all the way up to max and the sound is like... <laughs> like they, they, they are really selling this as what it is and they want to be as analog as they can possibly be. And so it, it, it does not have a digital version. That's crazy. That's a really crazy move to make. Like... It's so the opposite all the time. I don't know. I feel like there's an argument for and against this, but I'm kind of like... I'm curious to see what they I do. I think that's kind of cool. It like, is. Yeah. It, it's very bold of them. Yeah. Which is typical of Devolver. I hope this is a thing where, like, the pre-orders are generous and the availability oh, 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 of this oh, yeah. is generous. Uh, apparently there is a lot, but uh, there's a lot to pre-order. But in the first two hours, the the the, the, the shop crashed. Oh. Because everyone was like... <gasps> And, and it comes in like uh, two versions, like a, a standard and a steelbook. Cause, That's cool. And, and stickers, because you, you got to have your stickers. But also the game looks very good. Um, and that was Devolver Digital. Like there, there was a couple of other games as well, but they were the ones that stood out to me. I think it's incredible how they've created a show around their show so that like you're not going to be familiar with a lot of the games they're going to be releasing, but so many more people tune in because they want to see what's happening with Nina. And I think that's so yeah. clever. It's a really good gimmick. Ooh, okay. Square. Square. <laughs> I fucking hated this. Origins look pretty good. <laughs> what, what? I thought it was decent. I turned off all the volume and <laughs> grinded for three hours. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy is certainly a game for someone. That's like their big game for pre-Christmas. Look, people were saying when they were playing the, the Marvel game that they have out. Avengers. Avengers. Like, oh, if only this was a story-driven game. There's good writing here. It's such a pity. And this is what this is. It's the story-driven version of that. It's like Edith's Montreal. But I, I really don't like how they are approaching um, realism. And I think the character designs are just like the Avengers game. They're just not appealing at all. I do not like how Drax looks. I really Rockets, love Drax. Rocket's little goatee. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't know why it bothers me so much. It just, I don't know. They're just kind of on the weird side of like just realism where it's uncanny valley, but it's like, it's like there's something, it's the same with the Marvel Avengers game where there's just something with the lighting where everything looks really flat and weird and Star-Lord's hairline is weird and low. Yeah, his hair looks crazy. It's crazy looking and like, Edith Montreal make good looking game so, like like Shadow of the Tomb Raider like the to Tomb Raider games look good like so did um, the Deus Ex games it's yeah. kind of just crazy that this is where they are like in just fucking Marvel spin-off jail it, it makes me sad because they are a talented dev uh, a bunch of devs and like like fuck me who cares what i think like people will play this game people oh, love people, guardians people of the, will of love the galaxy this game, i think and i think they'll probably do a really good story but like aesthetically there's something extremely off-putting about it that i cannot put my finger on something a little and i don't i like this thing but i don't mean this in a good way something a little disney infinity about it i, 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 even... I just kind of wish they went with it more 
it, it just looks like there was a more characterized version of this along the way, yeah. but then they just had to kind of yeah. he, he, like put more real life lumps into it. It's like with Disney Infinity, like they like stylize things and everything is fo following a design kind of rule. With this, it's just like human man modification. What did you guys think of Babylon's Fall? I don't think this, I, this looks like uh, that's that's not what I want from Platinum. No. I can't believe the filter is stuck on that game. Yeah. It's got a shitty like mo like filter where it does the Monet water painting effect. If you go to the trailer of this that they showed on E-Tree on YouTube, it has like 4K dislikes and only 1K likes. Oh, whoa, people, I didn't know that at all. People do not like it because this is and like- this is what Platinum have been busy yeah. making and not showing Bayonetta so, Tree over. Also, <laughs> do I like don't know what it is, but like, I didn't know that that was the reaction to it at all. But when I was watching this, I was like, I feel like this is a game that's never going to come out. I feel it has to come out because they've put so much assets in it, but it'll come out and die because it, they also I mean, announced it's a live servants game. So <laughs> and like, mm, they haven't been doing well. Here's the thing with live service games. The people who are invested in them don't need another one. That's yeah, true. Yeah. You play one of those forever, two max. Yeah, you, you can't really, like, grab an audience from another game yeah. and expect them to play your game instead. It's like you have someone who's invested, like, 600 hours into Destiny 2 and you think they're going to jump over to Babylon's Fall and start from scratch. Like, fuck no. no. doesn't work like that. Oh, yeah, this is at nearly 5k dislikes, 1k <laughs> likes. Yeah. Did they did they say anything about Final Fantasy 16 or is that... No. no, not a thing. Not a thing. Perfect. And no more That's, Final Fantasy that, 7. It's, it's crazy to me that there's a trailer for a Platinum game that people hate. Yeah. And especially because with a lot of the advertising with this, they're like from the makers of Nier Automata. Like they're using that pedigree yeah. with it. And it's just like, woof, it looks rough. And like, this is like a loot based game. Maybe I'll play it just to God see. damn it, Neve. Neve, don't play this You're feeding game. the problem. If this comes to Game Pass, I'll play it, but I'm not gonna spend money on it. But um, yeah, really disappointing. My my interest in that game was kind of lukewarm. Completely plummeted after that trailer. Oh, I'm not getting no no way. Like, like like maybe it'll come out and turn out to be the best thing ever. But like, I do not go to platinum for that. Like, that's not what that studio is built on. Uh, Microsoft Bethesda. 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 They had a lot of stuff. They had a lot of stuff, and I think what the big takeaway of this was just Game Pass as a service. They showed 23 games, and they were like, 20 of these games will be coming to Game Pass on the day of release. Game Pass is... I just feel like it's just becoming a kind of monstrosity in terms of value. Like, Such it a good is response. real hard to argue against Game Pass. Yeah. Compared to, like, the PlayStation Humble Bundle you get every month. The, two or three games yeah um neat what do you think of the new halo um i liked it i thought it was cool yeah. looking i liked seeing um cortana jr um i like that it i i know people are really sick of master chief and want to move on but i kind of like that he's like still hung up on cortana and is all like i don't know like like we need to find out what's I, I have no to great affection for master chief but it's fucking master like they're going to keep making halo games and master chief will keep being in them i'm very endeared to master chief's relationship with cortana because he is like he is a science experiment, like a child who was 
like experimented on and became this murder machine and the only person in the world he can connect to is this fucking AI who like dies and like the fact that he can't let her go it's like weirdly romantic in a way that it can never ever be because he is a human man in a suit and she is an AI <laughs> and Which brings us back to our robot fucking conversation Damn, but like, robots are cool. I, I like Master Chief a lot, and I like Halo a lot, and I liked I liked what I saw. I was like, I can't wait to play that. And when they showed the multiplayer, oh, it looks so fucking fun. Yeah. That looks so cool. Yeah, they had the Hayabusa armor. It was just like crazy. I remember looking. before, like the the last time they announced this, the reaction was pretty shitty. People yeah, did not like it. So there's, you feel like there's been a big shift between that and this? I don't know about other people's reaction to it, and I don't even know if aesthetically there was a huge bump. I know that they had a lot of problems getting that other trailer out, and it didn't look as rendered as nicely as it could. And I don't think this looks as nice as other games we've seen kind yeah. of thing. But like, I don't know, the the, the, the Halo multiplayer is going to be free to play. People who like Halo- yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, are going to be just like on this. It looks fun. I can't wait to hear double kill and triple kill. Like, it's just like, it looks like all the fun parts of Like, it looks like yeah. Halo multiplayer. What, I can't wait like, to play it. Whatever you want to say about Microsoft, like they are, they are taken big swings oh yeah in a way like i feel like they have won back so much of the hearts and minds war that was this generation like mm. it's crazy gaming is expensive you know it's like really really expensive and then like maybe we go on a bit a, a bit too much but we're hobbyists who are talking about this from a consumer standpoint and maybe a lot of other podcasts are coming from it as a like industry standpoint where they get games for free yeah they we pay for our games review codes we don't yeah, get those we don't get those so the idea that like you're kind of going against 80 euro for every new experience that sony puts out there no matter how brilliant and amazing they are that makes you go okay which ones of these will i pick and choose what can i share with my friends what can like you kind of have to make plans about it where i get ratchet and clank now i'm kind of like who can i give that to and then how fast can i sell it back yep but with game pass it's kind of like every new first party game that microsoft put out coming to game pass day one every new bethesda game that comes out coming to game pass day one that is a value proposition that means so much as a consumer and like there you can like obviously argue that you do not own these games you are kind of renting them as a service but you can still buy them if you love them at the end of the day kind of thing but the ability to try stuff means i'm trying way more stuff i've never tried before and this whole conference was full of games like that like they showed like stalker 2 I would not buy that game if it was 80 euro, but with that on Game Pass, I'll play it day one. Fuck it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it looks cool. For sure, I'll play that. Um, they showed Starfield, which is... This the, is the Todd Howard game? Yeah. His, his secret little game. His Skyrim in space. I kind of thought the trailer didn't look as impressive as I think they wanted it I, I to be. I don't remember it at all, but I think my memory might be doing that thing where it's like, we don't need this shit, and it's gone. It was kind of, it looked kind of like alien-esque where it was just like a person in a spacesuit going on board in in four months yeah. skyrim is gonna be no wait in three months skyrim is gonna be 10 years old i've still never played it I, what i played it really no well I, I put hands on it but i never like gave it a shot you know it's a game yeah it's definitely a video game <laughs> um plague tale 2 look cool Oh, that was my big moment. That is my big moment of E3. I was delighted. I was so happy yeah, to see that. Yeah, really just good. fucking waves of rats. Plague Tale Requiem. Yeah, it looks so cool. Amicia looks great. Uh, looked like a fucking nightmare, which great. Loved it. 
rats fight, everywhere. Fight them rats. If you haven't played Plague Tale, please do. That last boss fight is one of the craziest boss fights. It's called Plague Tale 2 The Boy Rat King. <laughs> it's called Requiem. I'm pretty sure it's called The Boy Rat King. But okay, we it's can called The Boy Rat King. Yeah, okay. Other than that, they Jack Sparrow was coming to Sea of Thieves, which I was just like, I how mean, very 2003. Sure, yeah, there he yeah, is. Why not? Yeah. Why the fuck not? Do you remember him? Um, he lo- he looked kind of weird. Um, but then they showed Davy Jones, and he looked amazing. So, mm-hmm. and I really like Davy Jones because you know he's a cool guy. Psychonauts two look cool. Yeah, and it's out like super soon. Yeah, that's been like one of those games where for ages they've been like, yeah, we're, we're making it. Outer Worlds two. There you go. Did the thing. Reddit where, the yeah. game. You've got it, Reddit. Here you go. <laughs> I, I I do not understand the vitriol for the worlds on this podcast. I just... I played fine. a tiny bit of it, and it, it's... It, I'm, I'm not who that game is aimed at. Um, that fucking trailer, though. But, go on, John. It's, it's, you know, it's the trailer. It's the... I am an announcer man, and I'm going to name all these tropes that happen in trailers, and it's going to be for comedic effect, epic opening shot. And it's like, oh, come on, dudes. I've fucking seen that trailer so many times. I, I, I don't like it when video games get cute with trailers. Just don't. Just... Just, just make like, a fucking trailer. I feel like all of Out of Worlds is kind of cute in that yeah. way. It's kind of like, oh, we're being subversive. It really reminds like, you of like a, a really annoying steampunk person. <laughs> okay, I could see. Okay, he keeps twirling his fucking mustache <laughs> and his goggles keep slipping down. You're like, fucking clipped him to your hair, you idiot. What would he say to you, Ryan? <laughs> Doesn't even fucking speak. Just- see, see, that's not an annoying steampunk person to me. That's like a. It's like an old British upset lord. Yeah, but he's an from... annoying steampunk okay, person okay. would be like, mm, lady. Okay, okay, he's doing the British accent, but he's from Portland, America. Wait a minute. This is the guy on Heroes of Cosplay. Yeah. <laughs> guy. That's what you're describing. Yeah, and he is Outer Worlds. Okay. In human form. Sure. I, I just, I don't like steampunk stuff. Okay, that's fine. Um, and then out of nowhere, Arcane game like exclusive Redfall where it's like a four person shooter against vampires looked cool loved the trailer I, fun concept trailer yeah I'm, I'm I trust Arcane to do something cool with that um, I am a little like mm, that both of their games coming up um, what was oh god I can't think of the name of it Deathloop Deathloop and yes. Redfall are both kind of co-op based shooters mm. Which is kind of interesting coming from them, who've been kind of like mostly in the kind of very solo like, adventure, sim, like solo stealth kind of adventures. So um, hope that they kind of go back in that direction after these two. But I'm very excited for Redfall, more vampires, kind of less guns and vampires. But hey, what are you gonna do? It's video games. Yeah, cool. cool. I thought overall, I thought like there was not a lot that interested me personally, but I thought that was a pretty strong showing from Microsoft. They're making games, that's for sure. They are sure yep. making games. Yeah. Um, Do you know who's not making games? Capcom. Oh, you, you guys tell me you're not psyched for Monster Hunter Stories 2? Nah. Nah. Okay. Me neither, really, honestly. Uh, it's very it... aesthetically pretty. Like, has a bit of a Breath of the Wild vibe. I mean, it, it is. Yeah, it, it does. also, there, I, I would say there is a late 2020s look in video games, and that is it. Um. They're making Resident Evil DLC. I like how they were like, okay, stop asking, we'll do it. I guess you like it. I wonder what it'll be, because everyone wants like 
castle Lady Dimitri Sue. I just stuff. want Lady Lady D Chronicles. But they're not going to do that. They've Lady never Chronic- made La- Lady D Chronicles an erotic. I just want to see. Tour. I want to see Lady D goes to Hawaii. That's all I want to play. I would love that. I really hope they do something with her, and I feel like that's what people want. But I'm like, I don't think they'll do it because how do you make that? I just want to see Lady D sit on a plane. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, Lady D I'm, trying I'm, to figure out ergonomics. Okay, here, here's the game, right? You like, it's first person. You're on a plane. At some point, you sit up to get extra peanuts, and you turn around, and a couple of aisles back is just a giant fucking woman sitting in the seats, and no one else notices it's, it's, she's weird except you. That's 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 plain Resident Evil. She's like, if you mind, I'll keep my window down. It's gonna be about Chris, and you're gonna shoot her. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gonna be like she wasn't actually dead, and here's like half a dragon. And here we yeah. go. Chris was either there beforehand or afterwards, and that's it's gonna be Chris. DLC. So people really love Lady D. Oh, yeah. like her dragon form or her giant woman form? Oh, pro- probably the dragon form, right? People love dragons. <laughs> Yeah. We're not doing Dragon's Dogma. We got to do something with the dragons. <laughs> we have these dragon character models. <laughs> We're not going a monster hunter either. We'll stick it in the woman. Oh, imagine, imagine Lady D was like monster and monster hunter. Now that would make me too sad. Um, they, they, they might have Lady D DLC for Monster Hunter at some point. Uh, they kept referring. Lady D for Smash. Fuck yeah. Yeah. How the? Do we not just do Chris or you know Lady D would be better. Chris would be so bad. I'd love if it was Lady D and like she was just the size she was. They didn't even try and do like a clever scaling thing like like how they did with Ridley or Bowser. Like they just keep her. Huge. Each of her tilts or one of the other Dark Lords. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So so Capcom didn't really have much. No, did they? They, did they showed the like Ace Attorney. Um, oh, that looked alright. Yes. That looked yeah. pretty cool. That came out next month, I think, and that had a huge problem with. The rights to Sherlock Holmes, but not Shomes. Sherlock Holmes, but now it's Herlock Sholmes. Wait, I thought part of Sherlock Holmes was public license. He is public license, but for whatever reason, there's a version of Sherlock Holmes that isn't. Oh, for fuck. Sherlock Holmes is a weird, like, okay. 90% there loophole, but then there's a little, uh-huh, gotcha. I, I hate copyright. I hate it, it so it's, much. It's, it's, it's sneaky stuff. Um, Nintendo... Uh, Pretty gosh darn strong direct, I thought. Yeah, this is one of the best directs they've done in a very long time, considering I'm usually extremely underwhelmed by Nintendo. I thought this was great. Yeah, um, I'm not excited for Kazuya and Smash, because yeah. actually, I, I don't actually think like fighting game characters are very interesting in Smash. Like, just, it never, I, I don't really care that Ryu is in there or the Ken or whatever. I just didn't think they need a Tekken character in there because yeah. Tekken is such an iconic franchise in gaming and it kind of. And, and Bandai and Namco are part of yeah, the development it, of yeah, that game. It, it's like the sixth or seventh best fighting game, which is cool. But, um. <laughs> it's Kazuya and the, the, the little, the little pre- cinematic the was amazing. The presentation of Kazuya was in, like. Uh, the Kirby bit was so fucking great. Because, like, he drops Kirby, and I was with Rebecca, we were watching, and she was like, Kirby's not going to die. And we're like, nah, they won't let him die because of Sakurai. And sure enough, Kirby gets away with it because he's a bollocks. It's fucking brilliant. When Kirby eats Kazuya, he'll have his eyebrows, which yeah, would be very good. Cool. That'll be very good. I, I love whenever a new Smash character gets announced because they get to show, like, the Kirby for- form, and it's always fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um. So that's out at the end of June, I think, and that'll get its own mini direct kind of explaining all his moves and stuff like that. And it seems like his stage is cool. It's got Heihachi in the background. Mm-hmm. 
Kazuya's like music is so cool. Like it's so good. I loved hearing it. I was just yeah. like, that's gonna be a treat for those uncultured Smash players. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many music. There's so many so many songs in Smash. Finally, here. a good <laughs> song in Smash Brothers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Escape from the city's already in there. Uh, Super Monkey Ball, Banana Mania. Super Monkey Ball is 20 years old. It's crazy. Which makes sense. It came out in 2001 on the GameCube. And they are doing HD remaster of the first three games, which are Super Monkey Ball 1, Super Monkey Ball 2, and it's not called Super Monkey Ball 3. It's called something else. But I think it might be called Banana Blitz. Sure. Is this something you're interested in, Brian? Uh, potentially, but not a full price. I have been meaning to get back to Super Monkey Ball because it's been like 20 years since I played it. They also, in the trailer, they showed all the Super Monkey Balls, but they didn't show Super Monkey Ball Jr. for the Game Boy Advance. And I thought that was kind of mean, because that game looks fantastic for a Game Boy Advance game. And all things considered, this Nintendo Direct kept having Game Boy Advance callbacks. I thought they would have one more. You should write them a letter, Brian. They, I do. They don't read them. Anyway, then there was this other game. And this, for me, this was my game for E3. This is the one that made me scream too loud that I got in trouble. Uh, Metroid Dread exists. This is a direct sequel to Metroid Fusion. This is the fifth in the mainline Metroid games. Uh, continuing from the events of Metroid Fusion where Samus has a hybrid version of her suit between her original suit and the Fusion suit. And she is now a criminal on the run for what she did in that science lab. Because they were doing things they shouldn't have done and she detonated it. And... I think she has to get her name right, or else expose the evil government that are trying to take her down. Something anyway. Um, but this was once upon a time a Nintendo DS game that got cancelled 15 years ago. And to think that they just brought it back and used the name Metroid Dread. As soon as I saw Metroid Dread, I was like, it's not that Metroid Dread, but they know who they're making this game for. And I was absolutely delighted. It's the same studio that did Samus Returns on the 3DS that came out in 2017. So they're developing the game alongside with Nintendo. Can't remember their name. I think it's like Mercury Stream or something along those lines. Um, but they know the Metroid franchise. They know what works and what doesn't work. And they've been super transparent about the development of this game. You can go on the website and they have development logs. They have one log up so far. And they've clarified a lot of intense fan questions like... Adam Malkovich is in the game again, but it's the AI system from Fusion. But Al Adam Malkovich was a huge point of contention in Metroid Prime Other or Metroid Other M, where he told you what to do and locked you out of certain. He he was a very restricting character, but kind of this... killed the exploration part of that yes. game. Yes, but in this game they've confirmed that that will not be happening in this game. Do not worry, this game is in safe hands. So, very much looking forward to this, and I will be getting the collector's edition and the amiibo and the whole fucking thing because i know who i am and i i just also find it very fascinating because there hasn't been like a proper metroid game in almost two decades but indie games kind of took over from the metroid series but now metroid's back but now baby. metroid's back but like it's gonna be like is there gonna be stuff in this that is cleverer than hollow knight or you know games of that caliber did or... you watch the treehouse afterwards oh yeah i like i thought the trailer looked great and then I watched the treehouse and I was like, oh wow, they've really thought about a lot of this stuff. There's a lot of attention to detail and I love the like hide and go seek aspect some, some of it. Some of the horror stuff and it's great because like there's these persistent like robots that yeah, follow you Emmy. around. But the first one you find, I think it's the first one, is kind of busted up. So like he tries to like 
climb a wall after you, but he can't because one of his claws isn't working. So he just keeps ramming his claw into it like again and again, not in like a super violent way, but just in a super way that we're like, he can't figure out why it's not working. And that is creepy, you know? Apparently those robots aren't killing robots, they're research robots. So the way they take you down is in like a, like a like a curious way, not in like a like a like an aggressive way. It's the baby shit I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, it, it it is very upsetting how they how they move and groove. Anyway, that game's out in October. I am so excited. Uh, I'll try not to get too excited, and hopefully, it's good. Her suit looks cool. It looks yeah. fantastic. They've done such a great job of kind of adapting it into the next stage because people hated her fusion suit when four came out originally. I loved it, and it's just so different to her. Her traditional suit, so I just think that whole game is fucking brilliant. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna replay Fusion and everything, and in, in, in before I this comes out, it's Fusion. Gonna, yeah, it's, it's oh, it's gonna be a whole thing. I'm so happy. Yeah, I'm very happy for you, Brian. Like, I'm not like the biggest Metroid guy in the world, but I was super hyped about this as well. Oh, I love Metroid so much. I, I can't believe like, because a couple of years ago, all we had was Federation Force with the fucking Metroid branding slapped on it three months before release. <laughs> When, like, when they were like, I think they said something like, we're not going to talk about Metroid 4 or something. There was some like, we're not going to talk about X Metroid, but we do have something else to store. And I was like, Federation Force 2, baby. I actually said that to Rebecca and then they showed Dread and I did a scream. So it all worked out. John, WarioWare's back. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. This looks so good. It looks really good. I'm a little concerned about the gimmick of like you play as the characters and control them on screen because I think one of the things I really love about WarioWare is like the, oh shit what do I do what do I do like yeah uh, you, you, you you have like a second to figure out the input yeah but it seems like the input this time is it's uh you know you're controlling a thing they've spoken a little bit about and this is my favorite part of the WarioWare games is you know how there's like different genres of games but one of the genres is always Nintendo old school and so they'll remix like a famous Nintendo IP yeah apparently one of them is Fire Emblem and it's the coffee or, or, or the tea dates <laughs> oh, from Tree fun. Houses that's cute and I, I can't wait to see the WarioWare version of that yeah I love WarioWare's commitment to using mixed media. It's really fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the best. The way they made those games originally was that they were made in secret from the junior staff, by, by, by the junior staff from the senior staff, and then they showed the senior staff a prototype, and by then it was too late, and they were like, fine, you can make it. And it's just this weird mess that's amazing. Shin Megami Tensei Five looks good. Yeah, that looks cool. Yeah, Very it looks cool. great. I love their uniforms. I like the little flower. Lovely hair. Uh, Danganronpa S Ultimate Summer Camp. Hell yeah. They're doing a really cool job with this where they're, you can buy the whole thing as one bundle or you can buy them individually because I don't know if I want to buy the original trilogy again on Switch. But No, I, I don't I, need to play Danganronpa again. No, but I, I, I will absolutely give S Ultimate Summer Camp a go. And they were only available on Vita before this. Pretty much. Or, well, no, at one point I think they came to Steam and PS4. Ah, okay. But for, for the longest time they were on Vita. But, like, they really are handheld games. It makes sense for them to come Switch. Uh, Fatal Frame Maiden of the Blackwater, which is originally a Wii U game, is coming to Switch. This is cool. This is like yeah. the fifth Fatal Frame. Yeah, yeah. It, it's coming to Switch. But it's, it's coming to like loads of systems, apparently. Is it? Yeah, yeah it's coming out on everything now. Four and five, yeah. like just everything. It's free from the Wii U Purgatory. Um, which is cool. I like. They mentioned photo mode, and I like the idea that there would be a photo mode in a game like this, like with Red Dead. The photo mode is like. Your little uh, box camera. It's a box camera, so it's a physical thing kind of, that you have to do. And I kind of 
Part of me hates that because you don't have control, but also part of me likes it because it limits your control to make something pretty from it. And I heard photo mode, different photos modes in it, but I'm starting to think maybe that didn't actually mean a photo mode, but we'll see when it comes out. I mean, technically all the Fatal Frame is a photo mode. It is, yeah. Kind of, yeah, but kind of no. You know what I mean. I get you. But uh, I think the aesthetic of Fatal Frame is cool, so to, to have the ability to maybe take photos in that would be great. Uh, Advance Wars 1 and 2, Black Hole Rising, getting remade for the Switch. Is Black Hole Rising the, like, darkish one? No, that's Dark Conflict. Okay. And that is a, a very different game that has nothing to do with the other games. Um, I... My favorite thing about Advance Wars, and I do really like the games, but my favorite thing is the character designs and the yeah. art style. And I thought they recreated that art style so beautifully. This is being done by WayForward, and they're using their in-house style, but following, you know, the origins of that game, it looks really cool. It looks awesome. Uh, speaking I of WayForward, the look of it really, <gasps> yeah, <sighs> like, like I'm like I will play this. This seems like super cool. The but, original pixel art's lovely as yeah, well. Yeah, the original yeah. pixel art is so nice, and I thought this kind of looked a little flashy, like like the 3D was the equivalent of. Flash. I could see that. I have a weak spot for that kind of 3D. It was nice, like the little like planes and stuff have a lovely chunky look and they really translated the models well, mm. but I think there's something, this is the same studio that, that does Tree Houses, isn't it? Yeah, Intelligent Systems. Intelligent Systems, yeah. I think they have like some kind of issue with like, not issue, but their aesthetic doesn't kind of go into texturing and contrast a lot, where I think they could push that and make their lovely graphics even nicer, because I thought this kind of looked a little flat, even if it was 3D. Mm. Um, speaking of way forward, River City Girls 2 got announced at some point. Yes, it which, did. Sign me up. Hooray. Neve, same girl doing the music. Fucking perfect. Don't so change a thing. Um, <laughs> it has online play as well, or online co-op, which is cool. That's cool. And uh, I think one of the original games is getting a remake as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. What, but, one uh, of the Kunio games. I'm I'm happy, because it seems like River City Girls did well enough to get a remake, and or uh, more shit, and I love that game. And finally, Breath of the Wild 2. There you go. There we go. So it's 2022. Uh, let's see how that gets on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It seems like a 2023 game. Yeah. They showed stuff and some decisions. I I, I don't know if I like them. Uh, Zelda getting sidelined pretty quickly. I didn't know about that. They're in yeah. the hole. Um, but then... But then in the hole, Zelda! And, and, and so it seems like they have footage of Link, your player character, on, on Hyrule. And it's the same Hyrule from Breath of the Wild with a few adjustments. And then also the player character above in the Sky World with lots of floating islands, but they were very careful not to show the player face there. Don't know mm. what that means. It's probably still Link, but maybe it isn't. But it's it's just kind of those things where like, it seems like they're not showing a lot of it and what they're showing, I don't want to make too many assumptions on, but I also don't want to be disappointed. But I think yeah, they, to me, to me, it's like they showed, they showed a bit and they showed very little. Yeah. Because like there's a lot that you can look at and speculate about, but there's very little that was like new information on the game. Yeah. Link um, doesn't have a Sheikah slate anymore, he has a Sheikah arm. That's about the new thing, and some of the enemies have slight redesigns, but yeah, like I'll I'll, I'll be getting this anyway, but uh cool. Uh good good showing. Yeah, great. Very good showing. showing. Uh 
Bandai Namco. Okay. The Dark Pictures Anthology. So Bandai House Na- of Ash. So Bandai Namco were the last one and they had a stream and they showed one game and it was the Dark Pictures Anthology that was already shown at the beginning and they just showed like way too much of this game and I think it pissed everyone off. And like they could have showed El- Elden Ring, they should could have showed Tales of Arise, they could have shown so many games that they're publishing. Now you want to just- go all in on the Iraq horror game. Yeah, uh, that's what they picked. Uh, I don't know why. Um, there you go, everyone. John, did you have a favorite game? Because I know Neve had hers and I had mine. John, did you have a favorite game? Honestly, probably Metroid Dread. As well, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, just, wow. Like, I, they didn't... I don't think they actually showed anything of River City Girls 2, did they? Uh, I've only seen, like, I saw, I 2 saw, I saw a scr- screenshot. Or not a screenshot, but, like, yeah, piece of concept art. But, yeah. Um, that was... That was a big announcement for me because I kind of, I kind of thought that was just one of those very special games that was just going to come and go. Um, no, I, I, I think for me, like everything that got me excited was pretty much. Um, I mean, Elden Ring looked great. Yeah. But I think Dread was the thing. Dread was the thing. It was like if you told me they were making another two D Metroid game, and I'd be like, oh cool. But then the actual trailer for Dread in the Treehouse afterward had to be like, oh, this looks great, you know. So I love how much they're leaning into horror with it. So probably that. What about you, Neve? Um, Halo, Plague Tale. Yeah. Plague Tale. Yeah, Plague. Cool. Yeah. Plague Tale was definitely one for you. Yeah. Because like that definitely like I, I think with E3 it's cool when it's a game that you think is a once off or you mm-hmm. don't think they're gonna make any more of it. Like it's just gone and buried. And no, like it's getting a sequel. It's getting a follow up or it it continues to exist. Yeah. I'm very it's, happy. It's always super cool. And then Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk released some stealth news during E3 as well, didn't they? Yeah, they dropped during the Summer Games Fast, like, um, <laughs> a thing about, you know, they had the, the big leak a few months ago about how stuff about employee details have gotten out there and they can't confirm if it's true or if it's been tampered with. Kind of, it was kind of a stealth drop of information during a very busy time kind of thing. It very felt calculated. Yeah. yeah. And so this is from the hack, is this? Or yeah. is this okay. And the and it, the game is also coming back to the PlayStation store. Yeah, after six months of being delisted by Sony, um, it's coming back on June twenty first with the caveat that they recommend you do not play it on a base PS4 and that you need to pay it on at least a PS4 Pro or <laughs> PS5 for the best experience. Wow. Fucking brilliant. I can't believe it's been six months. Like, I can and I can't. It seems like like it happened way much longer Do you think ago. that's, like, the biggest disaster of the generation? I think that might be the one of the biggest disasters of video games like, It's such ever. a cautionary tale. Yeah. Like, like, to me, that's, like, E3 being buried out in the fucking desert in the Yeah, 80s. exactly. It's, it's kind just of like It's just, like, they shouldn't have done the things they did. Yeah. They done goofed. What? Like, I can't think of really anything. Like, I can think of things that, like, you you know, like, Colonial Marines and stuff like that, but nothing that had, like, the faith that Cyberpunk had, you know? The pedigree, the scale, the marketing, the yeah. hype. Just like, every aspect of this just backfired yeah. in a spectacular way. Just, yeah, like, just from a PR, like, from, like, external and internal all wrong it tanked all the goodwill people had for a beloved studio yeah crazy anyway you can buy it again on the 21st hooray (laughs) emails
Brian, we got time for one email. We got one email, but before we read out that email, mm-hmm. guys, I want you to step up, send us some emails. Because we, no one can, Brian. We don't have an email address. No, no, no. We do, we do, we do. I promise, I promise. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna make one up right now. Okay, just go for it. Ask Let's Fight a Boss at Yahoo at gmail.com. Ask Let's Fight a Boss gmail.com. Okay, uh, I'll check that domain after this, and hopefully it's available. But we'll see. If you send us an email, it will sound something like this. Okay, so I've got one here ready to go. Okay. And I thought this was a fun one. Brian, you were very excited about this one. Oh, it's just a cute one. Honestly, just cutin, putin. Let me find it first. Oh my god, where is it? There it is. No. Yes. Yes. Okay. This is from Tay. Uh, fun question, 90s style, let's fight a boss action figures. Okay. Hey, Patchy the Wolf. No. Deep Voice Man. I assume that's me. And Symmetrical f- Flannel. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Isn't all flannel? Never mind. Yeah. Oh. Thank you for the countless hours of entertainment and knowledge. Yeah? Are <laughs> 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 you sure about the knowledge? Like, there's so many um actuallys we get in the comments. So yeah, I don't know about that. Okay. The podcast has definitely helped mold my creativity as well as discover interesting art and media. Well, that's, yeah, I guess we do recommend stuff. On to the question, since you lot are a busy bunch. Yes, we are. A toy company approaches the boss cast and offers to manufacture a limited run of 90s style action figures akin to Action Man or even Barbie. They're like six inch action figures. They're big, yeah. yeah. How about we go like three, four inches, you know, okay. like a, like a, so, something you can play with one hand, you know. You're thinking more like Teenage Mutant Ninja yes, Turtles? Yes, absolutely. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, early 90s action figure, okay? What would each of you like for your action figure in terms of, okay, and so we have a couple of string boards here. Uh, aesthetics, special features, weird urban legend, uh, shocking thing like Mario, like Lego Mario calling out for Luigi, and the most important factor, <laughs> the price. Would this be? Is this the kind of thing where we should do it for each other instead of ourselves? I think that's fun. Uh, yeah, I think that's more fun. Okay, so the John toy. Okay, first of all, it is not wrapped down into the box, so it rattles and bounces inside the like plastic casing and the cardboard backing something about that feels appropriate and like you're pissed oh yeah and it comes with two heads an angry face and an angrier face and you're wearing a white t-shirt and you're wearing black jogging short or black jog black sweatpants but they're just painted on it's not material based clothes god damn it (laughs) and i really really want like the thickness of the neck and the paint job around the neck look real extra. Like, I want it real good. Also, it's a bit like a street shark where, like, the upper half is, like, thicker than it's the really lower half. It's really big and the, the legs are kind of bent and your butt's kind of out like this. <laughs> can I get, like can, he's doing a boot can I get, like, the rubbery, rubbery skin of a street shark? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Okay, and so... See, I, I, see now I've got to lean into the street shark. I want to be able to pull back the fin and you go, ah! You know, like a Pez. Uh... Oh. What accessories would he have? Um, little ghosts. Uh, yeah, a bunch little of ghosts. Little ghosts. Would he have like a microphone or a notebook? Uh, he would have his little notebooks. Yeah. You don't know about my notebooks. <laughs> no one knows about the little notebooks. 
uh, a little a little diary to write all his feelings in. God damn it! And like we should knew I shouldn't have talked about like, that. The diary is really well modeled. It has individual yeah, pages, in and like you can like some of them are blank, but other ones say they were mean to me today, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, and just a steak, like a raw steak. Yeah. I did have very rare steak today. Yeah, I, I I want like a big Fred Flintstone looking steak with oh, like with yeah. like the T bone in it. You mm -hmm. could put up against your eye. This sounds great. Actually, it'd be cool if one of your faces had a black eye, so you could like you know comes with T bone steak because he was in uh, an altercation that you know. I mean, it happens. Yeah. I want to do my own. Okay, go for it, Neve. Fuck all you. <laughs> sure. I want to be just a Barbie doll, but you cut her hair to give her a short haircut to make it dyke Barbie. And like, it's just kind of all sticking up really badly. Like when you got a It's like a bot job. So it has long flowing locks, but it comes with instructions on where to cut. give it a bad haircut. But then when you cut it, it just doesn't Yeah, it does not lie right at all. It's called like Butch My Barbie. Butch My Barbie. But it's in the font. Like it's Butch, but in the Barbie Perfect. And she has a flannel shirt as well. And she comes with a like, um, with her boots, uh, but like they're just boots to like repurposed off like action man. <laughs> action man. <laughs> um, Comes with a bunch of military shit. Yeah, just military Barbie that you cut her hair, give her a bad haircut, and um, oh yeah, like rub on tattoos. Like oh, she hell has yeah. like, like yeah. water slide tattoos that you put on her. Um, it's cool that you gay. put them on her. I like yeah. that. Yeah, you can just like give. Has she got like phrases on the back? If you press or do a button, you press. Yeah, she has some like key phrases like. Final Fantasy X is good. Final Fantasy X is good, guys. Elden Ring. All the classic <laughs> Neve podcast phrases. Yeah. Um. Oh shit! What else do I? Say? Here's the bad side of my compliment sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Bo Burnham, more like Boo Hoo Burnham. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it like it ages terribly. Stop crying, John and Brian. <laughs> yeah. Check my letterbox. <laughs> lots of stuff. I will fight you verbally. Um yeah, and she has a mechanized dog that she can ride into battle. That sounds that'd great. be that's cool. Okay, yeah. so for Brian, I would say between four and nine different baseball cap accessories. Oh, yeah. yeah, but what is it? I think it should be a hand puppet. Oh, I'd love to be a hand puppet. So it's just like it's mostly really, a mouth. I mean, we, we can do that. But... Oh, it's not really a toy. You see, how do you package that? Uh, a boglin? Yeah! Oh, yeah! There we go. Woo! So <laughs> a boglin with lots of caps. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I would put a lot of Brian's snackies in there. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yummies? I'd, yeah, I get some onion rings. Hey, you like onion rings too. Every year for your birthday. Hey, we never told that Johnny onion ring story and we will. Which which story? The was The one that? for your birthday where he wrapped it up in twenty wrapping things of wrap, and he put it in a box that said caution, and you were like really like ooh, <laughs> and then turned out to be onion rings. Okay, I want uh, Reese's pieces. I want Tesco onion rings. They're the best. Pepsi Max, please. And like, because it's a boglin, it doesn't have a hole in its mouth. But this is all real food, so you just kind of <laughs> smush it into the mouth and yep. make a mess. Mm -hmm. And because it's a boglin, it also kind of has a scratch and sniff smell kind of stuff. I also oh, think we yeah. should get a voice box in there. I know boglins didn't have voice boxes, but I feel like you could just you could slip all those Brian zingers in there. It could be like, you want me to talk into this microphone? That could be one of them. It could be like, are we done yet? Let me out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm gonna sit this one out, guys. <laughs> like, just real humdingers. 
and it's free. You find it on the floor. I don't want to yeah. play that. <laughs> I'm not playing that. <laughs> Square Enix, no thanks. <laughs> okay, yeah, so so I'm free. How much is yours? You're like 80 euro. Oh, or... yeah, mine's, like, mine's a Barbie price. Okay. Like, you got a butch me, me, How about yours? Like, a hot toy. Like, it's really, it's like, what the fuck? It's 200, <laughs> yeah. 240 euro for some slide on um, tattoos and your <laughs> fucked up haircut. But maybe doll. On, on, on the outside of the box, it says, like, one of 5,000 or yeah. something. Like, it's gotta, it's gotta be exclusive. John's uh, is. Unfortunately, they printed, like, a massive excess of mine and dramatically overthought demand. And so it's, like, two, $2 each. <laughs> Sold real well in Christmas 92. I bought like 20 of them because I thought that would like help somehow and I just didn't and I just owned 20 of them myself and if you open one of my closets it's just 20 dolls of me. Sometimes you give them to presents to your friends and they're just like, oh, thanks. <laughs> but it's too sad so you can't like complain. Oh. Anyway, I, I just really, really like that email. I just thought that was a good That question. was a good email. That was a good email. Thank you, Tay the Sheepdog. Thank you, Tay. It's cool that we that dogs listen to us. Yeah. Loot. No. Patreon. Drop. <laughs> Patreon shoutouts. Do not edit <laughs> any of that only. Out of edit tokens. Right he, of edit he's, tokens. A, he's a busy man. He's there's a busy only, man. There's only so much we can ask of him. Uh, okay. You know how earlier on I was trying to like shove the Patreon down people's throats? Now I can. We have a Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash LFAB. Give us your money. Why? We don't know. That's my question, Brian. Why would anyone donate? To I us? haven't figured it what out. Possible. But keep keep Re- doing it. Okay. You know what? Let. We give you reasons every week. No fucking reasons this week. Why? Because it's there and life exists. And you need to go out there. You need to take it by the throat. And you just need to engage. You need to contribute. You need to put currency into society. Let's fight a boss. Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash LFAB. Contribute. Money goes all over the place. Why not to an Irish video game podcast? I mean, yeah. Great, Neve. Yeah, that's so quaint and cute of you. Like, yeah. that's yeah. a really fun thing to tell other people. If you were on a first date, that would be an yeah. amazing thing to bring up. Wow, you have some taste. Yeah. Seem kind of like broken people, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> not doing so good, but you know, we'll, uh, we'll try and make it work. Anyway, we have a lovely Discord, lovely people. Um, the Discord just got boosted to like level three so there's so many emojis now oh i've noticed um that's that's on my behalf because i was like look we can have like 250 emojis let's see what can happen i saw some really good diddy kong emojis oh yeah all the kongs are there incredible uh lovely uh lovely i was gonna say people and then i said creatures you know what lovely creatures creatures. creeple yeah creepy people except that little rat fuck that made that gif I will find you. There's a really good gif of John as a baby getting head pats. Not once I figure out how to delete it and how to take mod status away from you both and how to do many things on that Discord, things are going to change. Uh, taking the piss out of John is a national treasure, or, or, or just a just a, a a pastime on that Discord. That's not true. No one ever does that. Everyone has tremendous respect for me. Let's read this first one. The way John says "strongest" makes him sound really weak. God, fucking John. Who's that from? John Go or John Joe? John Go. John Gay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, this is from Sneaky Bastard. Can we have a Patreon shout out that's just you shouting? Like, just shout. Like, ah! Okay, do you want, do you want to go three, two, one, ah? Okay. okay. How much, how much, how much, how is much gonna... power can yeah. we put on this? If 10 is like, oh no, like you're dying. 10 is like, oh no, people are going to complain. We can scream almost as loud as we want for three whole seconds, okay? Okay. Okay. Fuck it. You're going to count down? Yeah, so it's going to be three, two, one. This is so freeing. Oh my God. Okay. So imagine we're on the cliff and we're doing like the Zach Braff scream okay. in what you call it. The Zach Braff movie. Okay. Three. Two, one. Ah! Someone just got murdered. <laughs> that was really fun. Okay, and then this I haven't one. Haven't done that. In like, I don't think I've yelled in a while. I, I go out to Phoenix Park and yell sometimes. Do you? Oh yeah, it's great. That sounds good. That sounds healthy. Uh, it's sounds healthy. But it's, it's, a therapist told me to do that once. Really? It's fucking yep. brilliant. Your your lungs are full of air, but your throat is sore afterwards. This is from Triptis. What happens to this podcast post-Brexit? Not no, much. There's just, no way to tell. Uh, <laughs> if you're from the UK, you have to give an extra dollar or sure. pound, whatever funny yeah. money you guys use now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> funny money. Um, I use Amazon even less than I used to. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't like Amazon. Oh, and I Amazon's like it even... just a miserable experience. Yeah. yeah, I've ordered one or two things now, and then like it's like the date changes post-order, and sometimes it's just like, Oh, I guess I'm just never getting this. And sometimes you get a bit of money back in your balance and you're like, fuck off. I'm not spending 30p, 30 pence. What is this? Funny money. It's, it's <laughs> funny money. That's all. Okay. The last section of our podcast. What's it called, John? Loot. So this one time I'm going to be recommending a video from a classic. Drop. John. Thank you. John, that was so annoying. Oh man, building up that anticipation. I love it. I love anticipation so much more than the actual thing. I wish I could just live in a world of anticipation forever. It's called E3. Yeah. Hype. Hype. Um, okay. Classic from the Let's Fight a Boss alumna. I don't fucking know. Uh Atrocity Guy did a really good video on Bob's game. And this is a game I've known about for many, many years. And Bob has been a strange, dark presence within the world of video games. And this is just a person doing his best to make a game. And it's really interesting in all these ways because in a lot of ways it's like really before its time. Oh, yeah. And I think maybe would have been welcomed a lot better now, but he the game kind of ended up just destroying him, although he says he's still making it. Who knows? He never wants to let it go. Uh, I played the demo of this in 2009, and I didn't like it. It's a fascinating story. Brian, what do you got? Me? Okay. It's a YouTuber called Stray Fox. I think I recommended this channel a long time ago. They remade one of their old videos, because that's what you do. And it's the making of Donkey Kong Country and Killer Instinct, and they talk about... 3D graphics on the Super Nintendo and how they got there and how they made those games and to a lesser extent Killer Instinct and it's just a really fun documentary on Rareware in the early 90s Neve uh, mine is You're Wrong About which is a podcast by two friends who take a topic you may have heard of and tell you how what you've heard about it is is wrong factually and oh that's good and it's really interesting the one i was listening today is an older one and it's about stranger danger um and the rise of that in the u.s and just about 
John Walsh, you know, that guy who did, not you, John, different John. That was, uh, that felt really surreal. I know. Yeah, the when um, they said his name every time, I was just man. like, huh? Yeah, the guy who does the, like, um... True crime gun stuff. No, he does the, like, To Catch a Predator. No, he does America's Most Wanted. Yeah, That's America's it, Most yes. Wanted. That guy. Uh, yeah. I know this because famous birthdays have an amalgamation profile that is both me and him. Oh, no. I'm married to his wife. <laughs> Um, well, a very sad story about him. Um, his child was abduct- abducted. Yeah, and it was basically that. about um, how there was a moral panic about abductees around this time and it became this stranger danger like epidemic and how that kind of happens in kind of moments of like conservative pushback and stuff because mm. usually it isn't strangers who take children and who are abused children. It's more predominantly people in the home and people who know kids but it's kind of pushing all this onto this kind of stranger stranger danger and this kind of outside instigator kind of stuff and how that's used to push conservative ideas and it was just a really interesting podcast about something that happened in the 80s that I think now has loads of parallels with QAnon and all this kind of stuff you seeing about like save the children kind of shit and it's kind of like when the phone, like when the call is coming from inside the house and that's where the real danger is. And it's kind of this pushback onto this kind of like weird conspiratorial thing. It was really interesting and it's really heavy, but they approach all these topics with a kind of conversational tone and not a comedy, but a lightness that makes it easy to take in, but never kind of disrespects the subject kind of thing. Um, so really great podcast. I've been binging, binging it all. They did a really good one recently on cancel culture and just the history of that as well. So that's called You're Wrong About and it's on Spotify and everywhere. Cool. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's six years. Uh, this is a three hour episode. We, we, oh, we no. fucking did it. I want to go home and have a bath so bad. You're going to have to help me pack up because my body is a bit sore tonight. Why is it sore? Because uh, I got my first dose of the vaccine, and I have Brian. That that's meant to be effective for like twelve hours. This this sounds. Look, I'm going to be frank. This sounds more like a Brian problem than it does a John Neve problem. So where I had my surgery is flared up because of it. Fuck's sake. And I'm going to the GP in a few days. Oh no! Oh, yeah. No. Oh. See, you feel good now. Yeah, I actually do feel pretty yeah. good. Yeah, Brian sore. John's happy. Yeah. It's great that you got your first vaccine. Yes, it, it's it. I couldn't believe it. Uh, people our age are going to be getting it now. Uh, mm. No, you will. I, I, I feel weird that I, that I have it and you guys don't. But that I'm, is I'm the confident most you guys will Brian have. look shit in the world. I know. It's just insane. <laughs> yeah. And like Brian, you have such crazy look, and I can never work out. Is it because you're always subtly positioning yourself to the point where you will be lucky, or you just genuinely get lucky? Like this, this? is just a fluke. This was a phone call that I answered. Wow. But I'm a bollocks. You know how it is. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. We thought we'd be able to register this week, but they were like. Maybe next week you'll yeah, register. I saw that. Who knows? But it's great that people are getting vaccinated yeah. and our age group is it's starting to happen with us. Oh, yeah. boy. I was saying online, uh, once we're all vaccinated, we can get back to the Shenmue 2 Let's Play. Oh, finally. Is this a trap? No, no. I can't wait to play it. I can, I can wait. But... Uh, I'm excited. Oh, Neve, you're going to love Ren. You're going to love him so much. Just the best character in fiction. I always feel really excited about that game until I'm up to the moment we're playing it. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, because then um, it's just like empty. Like, what do we talk about? There's a lot of dead air. No, there's not. 
retest I feel like our, our memories, relationships. I feel like our memories of this game are dramatically different. It's a beautiful game, and we have a wonderful experience as friends. Friends, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for listening to us for six years. Neve, end on a like kind of was it like a kind of poignant, poetic note, uh, but make it like kind of. A little bit about like how fun the episode was, but also a little sadness that's over. But then apply that to a kind of universal sense, yeah. and maybe make it like a little, maybe get a little geopolitics in yeah. there. Yeah, have it genuine, but do keep it on brand. Yeah, yeah, but like not genuine <laughs> that's going to make people sad. Um, pee pee poo poo. <laughs> <laughs> that's some contemporary hard hitting. Uh... <laughs> I'm the Yoko Ono of this podcast. You don't know what I'm gonna do. I. F- Pee-poo, me, you. <laughs> John, your turn to do a little plop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I... Squeeze one out for the end. For the <laughs> yeah. Go on. I don't like this. John, just, uh, clap those. Please cut the episode. Please jo- just cut it. John. Just, just, just fade the music in. Just get rid of this. I don't like this. Clap those cheeks together. Make Brian, a you've happy started saying noise. clap those cheeks so much. I'm going to make you burst tonight. You're my happy boy. <laughs> Johnny and Neve. Holding hands against the world. We're all going to transform into the moon tonight. That's so beautiful. Someone has to be the moon. We take turns. Isn't that yeah. how it works? I don't, I don't know how the world works. <laughs> when you're going to bed tonight and you look up in the moon, just imagine an amalgamation of Brian's mind and John's face smiling back to you in a kind of pained way no but in a genuinely no, joyful no one's way. hearing any of this because only cut when I asked him to cut okay only you can fade in the music now thank you 